Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is proudly brought to you by More Beer at www.morebeer.com. I poured it in my mouth and it just wasn't going down. My first beer was an IPA, the best IPA I've ever drank. Mostly because I brewed it. If you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine, you're probably good for measuring hops on cocaine. You're scaring me. <laughs> I think the information is awesome and the audio sucks. Make some sugary water, throw it, some yeast in there. And you're going to drink good beer. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be good. It's fine. Damn it, man. Oh, my God. From the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Super. You know, super hello. You know what's great about Super Bowl Sunday? No. Drinking before noon. Uh, yeah. Everybody's wow. going to be drunk of the week. Does it need to be Super Bowl Sunday to do that? Yeah, I think it's important. I hey, it's, that yeah. was... It legitimizes it. Yeah. That was traveling. Why didn't they call him for trailers, refs? Hey. Yeah. Tasty, Tasty was drunk when he got here, I think. Oh, no. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, every place you go around here, it's, because place. it's winter time, our winter, uh, all the beers are like really strong. It's just hard to like get a medium buzz go. Oh, it's true. Nobody's. Uh, I'm going to beer releases, and of course they're releasing strong beers. So you're pre gaming it for SF Beer Week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Air place, really. All places, air place. Yeah, wasn't it? Uh, Pliny the youngest or something was out this yeah. week. That was on Friday. Yeah, yeah. Pliny the uh, younger. <laughs> did it taste like it did last year? No, it no. tasted uh, better than last year. Actually, wow. Yeah. Isn't that like a line down the street for that or something? Uh, yeah, they, they went around the corner onto D Street. That, they that started was, lining you know, up. Natalie and Vinny were doing some high fives. Yeah. I mean, they are into that shit, I think. I right, think. right. They thought that was pretty They started cool. lining up at 6 a.m. apparently, they or earlier. Around. Good for them, but I will reiterate the point I have made several times. I am not waiting in line Fuck for fucking beer. No. <laughs> I mean, I'll wait like four deep at a bar. Don't get me wrong. I'm not yeah. that much of a snob, but, you know... 
I'm not going to do it. It's beer, right? It's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just beer. But you got to be the first so you can tweet about it before anybody else. Uh, yeah. And that's the other thing. And, it's and, like, it's and, about that. You know, fuck you. And then eight seconds later, someone's going to you know forget all about it and it'll be the next day. No, no, no. no. Right. They're on to the next release that's right. happening in Iowa or yeah. something. Dude, right. Hey, uh, did, you get to, did you get to taste the Planet of the Younger last week? No, I totally missed oh it. I had to take my mom to the hospital. I had it. I had it. You I did? There. I was there. Tell yeah. me all about it. What were your tasting notes? I waited in line for four hours. I was there at 6 a.m. But uh, uh, your comments on the beer, I would like to know. Well, first of all, I was there at 6 a.m. That's important. Well, but... And, uh, uh, so maybe your palate wasn't the best. Go ahead. Continue. Well, uh, but I, I, I got there really early. I locked my baby in a car. And because uh, uh, I didn't have a sitter, but I had to get to the Planet of the Younger. Well, tasting. that's fine. You so, probably had OnStar, right? I had. I have OnStar. You could have just turned on OnStar and said, "Please watch my baby." Uh, I, I have OnStar, and <laughs> so I, I waited in line uh, from six a.m. Yes. And uh, there was a lot. There's you know there's other people there. Uh, but tell me about the beer. I would uh, like to know its aroma and its color compared to the last five years because I have all of those tasting notes. Well, because beer is very important to who I am. Well, after I got there at 6 a.m. and waited for four hours, yes. I, I did finally get up to the bar. Yeah, yes, please now continue. And uh, when I got there, <laughs> Vinny was there. Vinny was right there. Oh, my Vinny God. Vinny was at the bar. That, did, he tell, did he serve you the beer? Did you talk to him about your impressions I didn't talk of the to, beer? Well, I, did, I, I saw him. I didn't talk to him, but I saw him from, well, he was at the other side of the bar for me but he was down there it was definitely Vinny it was did, Vinny Vinny did was he, there did, wait, was he drinking um, uh, uh, Pliny the Younger well uh, Younger right is that uh, how it's pronounced I, I couldn't see because it was he was really far down at the other end of the bar but it was definitely oh. Vinny I'm sure it was Vinny well, was he <laughs> sure um, was he um, at least uh, appearing to uh, be enjoying the beverage he was consuming I'm pretty sure I, I couldn't see too much he was facing the other way he was looking the other way I only saw the back of his head I'm positive oh. it was Vinny's head I'm positive so well, I don't did when he um, drank out of his beverage of choice, um, uh-huh, did his uh-huh, head turn uh-huh, one way or the other? Because uh, I've noticed uh, from watching him, yes, which, which direction? Uh, back. No. Oh. Back. And then maybe to, because I've noticed that when he does drink and he's very excited, because I do uh-huh, watch him a lot, uh-huh. um, his head kind of turns to the left a little bit. Right, right. And then I've noticed that. To the right. And then, um, and then he does it again and it's it very him. nice. It was him. It was I, him. I noticed that. It was oh, him. That is very nice. And then, um, um, after I waited in line from 6 a.m. and 4 hours and got to the bar and saw yeah. Vinny at the other end of the bar, I ordered my, um, well, of course, the Pliny the Younger. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it pronounced Pliny the Younger. You're right. You're right. My apologies. Thank you. My Thank apologies. You. Uh, Thank you. Pliny the Younger. Yeah. Uh, but of course, uh, I didn't want to ruin my pal. You know, you have to drink beers in order. Uh, so, I started uh, with just a pale ale. I, okay. I, I ordered two beers at once. I ordered okay. the pale ale and the younger, the younger, the younger. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. But I would like to know, please, about this release because it, uh, it must be very special oh. because it's only done on one day every year. Listen, so I, it must be special. It's very special. Is it different than beer? Is I, it more? I will, is it? I'll remember the day forever. Uh, yes. First of all, I I told you I locked my baby in the car. My baby yes. died later that day. Oh well, that's uh, okay. You can make another one. You can't. Right. You can make. There's look, only one younger. Look, you can make a baby. Yeah. You can make a baby faster right. than Pliny the younger. Yeah, you're right. And so, I got the younger. And, and my wife was okay with it too. She said, "Well, um, uh, I came home and I said, um, honey, uh, the, our baby's dead.'" And uh, she said, um, "Did you get the younger?" Yeah. And I said, "Yeah." And she said. Well, that's really the only thing. That's the only thing you can do. That's the only thing that can happen yeah. in this. So uh, I tasted the younger, and the yeah. younger. Yeah. Um, I've never tasted anything like it in my life. Never, never, never. Tell me how it compared to the last five years. You can't compare. No, you can't even compare. It's different. You can't even compare. But it's a double. No comparison. It's a, it's a double apa, right? Did I mention Vinny was there? Yes, <laughs> but 
Um, well, now see, now last year I thought he he did have this this vest this vestment um, with dispensing uh, things out of his nipples, oh. but, and but, but, he but, was but, he was talking about going around and dispensing the uh, the the golden uh, plant of the younger from his nipples. I would do it. I would drink it. Was he doing that or uh, was he not? I need to know for my blog. He didn't do it, but I w- I would drink it. I would have drank it today. No, no, no. I saw a tweet that he was not even drinking the younger. That he was drinking damnation because it was the wrong glass. <laughs> <laughs> you know that is so. just like him to really support. Whatever. That's my take on uh, waiting in line for beer. <laughs> it was yeah. mostly. They're really like pale 25-year-olds. I didn't see any beer shirts or hoodies. Ball yeah. caps and that. No, they're like, I don't know, preppy-looking people. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Well, they weren't wow. nasty. Weird. You were in San Rosa. Geeks, probably. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I, we, I, I, I went in, of course. I don't wait in line. I wouldn't go there. I, uh, I'm like you, Jay. I wouldn't stand in line for beer. There's plenty of other beer to have. Right. Right. So, we, you know, we get the pass. Yeah. And of course, we get in, and I got my wristband and everything. So I went, I went out and like walked, <laughs> looked at the line. See, who is it? What kind of, who's doing this kind of stuff? Yeah. They all look like amateurs to me. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Did you get on the news this year, Tasty? Oh, uh, no. They, that all happened before. <laughs> <I did. laughs> oh, it did. If it, I wouldn't, it wouldn't, no, I wouldn't have anyway. I, I had, had an escape plan. I made, I made the news, um, <laughs> but it was because my baby died in the car. <laughs> <laughs> and then I tried making one with it sitting in its own car seat. Aww. Oh, dude. Is that too much? <laughs> you know that scene in Train Spotting where they realize that their baby is dead? It looked like that, but a little more bloated from the sun. God. Yeah. That's what Super we Bowl Sunday! <laughs> We've got a great show planned for you today. We're talking to uh, Mazen Hajar. He's the founder and CEO of 961 Beer. Uh, I think it's the only microbrewery in Lebanon. And those of you fans who have been with us for a long time, you yes. might remember Mazen because we talked to him at the Great American Beer <coughs> Festival when we used to actually do our shows from the GABF. We talked to him back in 2008, I think it was. And uh, he's a good guy. He's got a really interesting story. Um, we're going to... Uh, you know, learn a little bit about what it's like brewing with bombs going off overhead and things like that. I think I remember him telling us that at the GABF. And, yeah. uh, pretty uh, interesting region to uh, start a craft brewery. Anything in. So Except leave. We're going to talk to Mason <laughs> about that and uh, find out all about 961 Beer. Yeah. Um, so I'm join the chat room. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. Yeah. Uh, you can hit the chat now button, uh, hit the chat button on the homepage, and Susie is in there helping us out today. Uh, she'll get your questions over to me. I mean, you, you talk about craft beer revolutionaries, right? Like, you know, so, some of these people in craft beer that are just servers think yeah. that they're like super epic beer, like, I'm the spokesperson for beer. You're not doing shit compared to Mason, dude, right? right. <laughs> you go you go to some war-torn area where there's a lot of strife, and you start making craft beer in a desert. Yeah. I mean, I, I got to think that that's just an insane thing to do, but apparently it's working and it's working pretty well. So Yeah, their growth, yeah. we're going to hear a little bit about. They're about to do, uh, I don't know, something like 60,000 barrels this what? year. Wow. Uh, wow, that's huge. So yeah. those Lebanese are liking their craft beer right now. I guess. Yeah. Um, so it's a good story. So we'll be talking to Mason in just a little while. Get ready for that. <laughs> uh, a couple of announcements to go through. Uh, you guys probably already know yeah, the the National Homebrewers Conference sold out in, yeah. in, in 48 like hours. Or two. Yeah, it was two yeah. days. Wow. I think it was 48 two hours. Two days. It just plain sold out. Uh, they, they... So that's it. I'd never get... That's, there's now a wait list. And people do drop out of, yes. of, the, of the NAC. It hap- I've, I've heard it happen quite a bit. You know, you think you get the time off, but you can't. 
your wife's a bitch, whatever happens. Um, That's weird. So there is a wait list. I would encourage you, if you if you wanted to go to the conference, I'd go right now over to homebrewersassociation.org and sign up on the wait list. Actually, I guess it's ahaconference.org. Um, but you can. You, there's still a chance you can make it. Yeah. I'm going to start scalping these tickets I was gonna next say, year. There's going to be people selling tickets, <laughs> right? I mean, just like on Craigslist. No. No? No, <laughs> homebrewers don't do that. If you, if you end up with extra tickets... Somebody you know always wants to go to the conference. But it's only a matter of time before scalping does start to happen with this event. How many tickets did they sell? I mean, you know, it... it I think 1,500. Wow. Uh, 1,500. This is going to be a giant Which, conference. But man. I think that that's less than San Diego. It is. San Diego don't, had 1,900. Yeah, don't no. quote me on all this, but I'm pretty sure that it's the it was a, a smaller hotel this year. So they knew that they couldn't grow from last yeah. year. And if you sell fifteen hundred, then you got to account for the vendors and their tickets, uh, the craft brewers who are going to be there for pro night and their tickets. Uh, you know, staff, all the nonsense, speakers, yeah. judges, uh, you name it. So there'll be a, there's going to be a hell of a lot of people there. It's going to be a good time. Um, the main conference hotel also uh, sold out, as far as I could tell. Wow! But there is still an overflow hotel. So if you, I'm just telling you all this because I've got my recommendation is to get on the wait list. And you can still book your hotel, and they're going to be adding a couple of other um, overflow hotels, too. So don't worry too much about that. But, uh, wow, two days. Yeah. You know? Um, I think that our BNA 7 is going to sell out pretty quickly based on that. I mean, what happened last year? Our uh, VIP ticket sold out in like four hours. I'm going to have to be careful with that this year. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I would sign, if I were you... I would sign up as a recurring donor in the BN Army, oh. and uh, you're going to get first notice and first dibs on when those BNA7 uh, tickets go on sale, but you got to be a recurring donor, not a one-time donor, although I love you also. There's just no way for us to keep track of that um, email list, but the recurring yeah. donors, um, you know, you're on this email list, and, and this year we are going to be sending out some notice. So that's hey, that's just my advice. You know. <laughs> that's just how it goes. Be <laughs> smart. You get even idea. more bang for your buck that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You'd be wise to take it. You know, the other thing that you get by becoming a recurring donor, our sponsor of this program, More Beer. You can go over to morebeer.com and check them out. Uh, they own the Sunday session. We belong to them. I'm that's their, true. I'm their bitch. Yeah. And uh, like us. if you you're my bitches, oh. I guess you're like sub bitches. Bitch by proxy. I'm weird. I'm alpha bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that'd be Olin and Chris, chief bitch. Right. You're beta bitch. I'm, right. Yeah. That's true. Uh, so by signing up to become a recurring donor, you also get involved in the More Beer Monthly uh, raffle. And we do that every month. We just drew a name and uh, emailed that person this week, as a matter of fact. And it's a $100 gift certificate to More Beer. So we give away 100 bucks a month to that thing. So you can sign up for as little as 2 bucks to support the show and get a chance every single month to win 100 bucks to More Beer. Pretty, pretty good yeah 100 bucks goes a long way that's yeah. a couple batches of beer right oh, yeah easily two bucks to win 100 good odds As, even even by my math that's pretty good odds <laughs> it's like three to one yeah, yeah. and yeah, then you can wait like and hold on to that thing till you find something good on deal of the day oh so you get something on sale oh that's a good point yeah there was a good deal a day over at more beer so all right so thanks to them another announcement uh you know sf beer week is coming up here Yay. uh it starts on the 10th i believe this friday you know? Opening gala, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I got to sort that out. I think I'm supposed to go to that. I won't wait in a line that's shorter than four hours to get to anywhere that has beer. <laughs> I just won't do it. Where uh, Where are you going for a beer week? Well, what has the longest line? <laughs> that's where I want to be, right? 
Oh, you mean it's already sold out? Yeah, but I'm on the waiting list. <laughs> SF Beer Week is sold out the whole week. Yeah, it's just done. I'm gonna. I'm just waiting in San Francisco for four hours for something to happen. Where? Anywhere. Fourteenth yeah, and Folsom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's there? Sports. Bar. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're actually going to be doing an event with Firestone Walker at uh, Zeitgeist. Oh, really? Yeah. I love that. Cool. Place. Matt Brennelson's coming to town, and we're going to be talking to Firestone Walker and Trumer. You guys remember Lars Larson? Yes. I true. think it's going to be Lars. Uh, I'm going to sit down with the two of them for a little powwow at Zeitgeist. It'll right. be a live show out there at Zeitgeist. That will be on Thursday, February 16th. Uh, out there, I'll. I'll We'll we'll tweet book you more details when I have them. Oh, I'll have to get my fixed my fixed gear bike all oiled up. Then. Yeah, do that and then wait in line for to listen <laughs> wait, to. Wait, you're me. gonna make me wait in line? Yes, to, to listen to me talk to uh, Matt and Lars. So that's gonna be a good time. Happy to be doing that with Firestone. It'll be yeah. fun. Uh, all right. Other ways to support the show, uh, you can click Amazon link through our homepage. You can bookmark it. I saw people bookmarking the Amazon link, and then you don't even have to go through our homepage. You just you go straight to that Amazon every time you shop, and it yeah. helps us out. Uh, there's also a new iPhone case uh, up there. It's pretty sweet. Uh, it's got a hop grenade on it, and it's a bottle opener, and you, you don't have to wait four hours for it. Um, <laughs> well, you have to wait a few days, so it's even better than that. <laughs> right. There's also uh, shirts and all sorts of things. There's those beautiful uh, anatomy of homebrew shirts that everybody loves, that everyone's talking about, that you can't get enough of. Yeah. A bunch of those in the store in two different colors. Wow. Uh, so a lot of things in the store. We have green, yeah. uh, like Moscow's wearing, if you're watching the camera right now, uh, justin.tv slash brewing network. And also brown. I got brown. You know, green isn't everybody's color. It's not. Especially it's not on a, like on a Sunday morning, for example, yeah. uh, after drinking all night. You might yeah. not uh, think putting on a green shirt is the best idea. Right. Someone might think you don't even have a shirt on. So we got nice shit brown in there instead. Even better. Uh, so go to the store and do that. All right. Um, you can get all these updates and more over on Twitter. And... Uh, send show ideas over to Scott the Jew. Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. I thought we agreed we were going to drop the Jew for uh, this show. Do you think Mason knows that you're a Jew? Oh, he does now. <laughs> He's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> we won't do this show. Fuck that guy. Uh, this is what we say also uh, about Moscow. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we just drop the Scott, the Scott part? We'll say, because the, the Jew. Jew. <laughs> yeah. Send your show ideas over to the Jew, <laughs> yeah. which is scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send feedback yeah. to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. He probably, he probably won't share them with us. Send love and hugs to jp at thebrewingnetwork.com. That's right. I need them both. A little tickle in my throat. Oh, All right. that's why you look so happy. <laughs> Shall we do some uh, some feedback? Uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yes, Let's please. Feedback. That's some excitement. Uh, I saw oh my god! You've got mail. <laughs> Sounds like I got boosted on the uh, audio there. Sound good now? It's hmm. weird. Oh. All right, uh, feedback is brought to you today by our brand new sponsor, Danstar. Yes. Yeah, you can win a professional brewing course from Danstar Yeast. Go to danstaryeast.com or find them over on Facebook. Facebook. All right. Oh, yeah, I have a lot of feedback today. Yes. Well, we had we, had, we were off last week, and uh, people, they really like reaching out, man. It's a good time. Oh. All right, John writes in, hey, guys, I'm headed to San Francisco and Napa. In February, and I want to fly back with a suitcase full of bottles. What should I pick up that I might not be able to get back here in New England? Uh, Good beer. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Anything. Go to Safeway. If you were here earlier, you could have had plenty of the younger, but but you can't have it. Um, I drank my thimbleful. I would have shared my thimble with you. 
Um, I could have put it in a bottle and put a cap on it and send it back to New England. <laughs> I could have <laughs> capped my thimble. I could have put it on uh, on eBay for $5,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Any suge- I would take Drake's 1500 back with you. That was our beer of the year for oh, yeah. 2011. I would do that. I would go to uh, Firestone Union Jack, Trader Joe's, and get some Bitter American, which is in cans, available year-round mm-hmm. from, from the, 21st the 21st Amendment. Amendment. That's a good buy. I, that's true. I would get Bitter American and Allies Win the War, as a matter of fact. That's a good beer, too. I was uh, I was thinking that uh, I know the East Coast isn't necessarily uh, known for their IPAs. I mean, they right. have IPAs, but they're a little more malty, a little less hobby. I'm I'm saying this. I would probably go around and get IPAs if that's what you're into. Because mm-hmm. you can't you can't get them like you can out here. Get a few fresh 1500s and blind pigs and yeah. that kind of stuff. Stone, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I'd get. You know what else I'd get? I hope you guys uh, like this idea. I would get Trumer Pills. That yeah. is an awesome. That is a good beer. It is. Yeah. That's and only available on the West Coast. Fresh local. Um, it might be elsewhere, but it's it's fresh here. Mm. They do the green bottle thing for marketing right. purposes. So I would get a, a nice bottle of Trumer Fresh here yeah. while you're here. Um, you I know, mean, just duct tape the bottle. I would go to City Beer Store in San Francisco. Uh, that's a good spot. Even yeah. though he doesn't pay me for those plugs, which is shitty. But well, let's just say Bevmo. Then. I like the store yeah. and I like his beer selection. So yeah. I'd go there and and you won't go wrong. You get a lot of good stuff. All right. Uh, thanks for writing in, John. Here's another one. Hey guys, wow, the whirlpool conversations were very interesting. Way to give Brew Strong a run for its money. I am a bit confused though. Are you saying that if we add some hops at 60 minutes and then we do a 30 minute whirlpool at the end, that those hops are now giving out the IBUs of a 90 minute edition? Is that a yes? Yes. 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 Okay. Perfect. Uh, I well, usually uh, uh, yeah qualified yes. We don't. Oh yeah, that's the, the assumption. I mean, think about it, right? Uh, yeah, I guess I, boiling and, and twirling are two different things, right? I mean, the physical, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So there's got to be some. Again, there's no formula. I can't. That's why I can't say what it is because there's no way. You know, no way to calculate. You can only measure it. But it is being measured. Okay. But it's being measured at lower rates than obviously in the boil. Okay. They're yeah. Something. Yeah. It has to be considered. Is what I'm saying. He says, I usually only rest for about 10 minutes after the boil, but even 10 minutes will make my 60-minute IBUs considerably higher, right? Well, it's diminishing returns on those hops. I mean, as you get, you know, as you get towards the end of the of its time, most everything's out of it. It's not like you're getting as many yeah. IBUs at the, at the 91st minute as you're getting at the first minute. So if the question is, would that 10 minutes make your IBUs considerably higher? Nah, I think the answer is no. No. Hard, probably no. hardly noticeable. Yeah. Okay. Uh... Uh, anyway, so you get the idea. Yeah. I was shocked that JP, also he goes on to say, I was shocked that JP didn't get an award for doing such a stellar job of hosting when Justin was absent this year. Oh, I meant to take that out. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't like giving JP awards. No. Or, or compliments, for that matter. They go to my head. <laughs> right. Uh, speaking of awards, just listening to the descriptions of the Tasty Awards ceremony really pissed me off. That was unbelievably bad. I can't believe that many people were in the room and no one did or said anything. You should crash it next year. Thanks and suck it, Justin, for not awarding JP. <clears throat> Mike from the heart of horse country. Does anybody know where horse country is? Horse country. Yeah. Uh, Wyoming? Uh, apparently it's central Florida. <laughs> Florida? I think it means horse flies. Raise horses. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> where the mosquitoes are as big as horses, central Florida. All right, here's a couple questions. Hey, guys, insert heartwarming life story here. I have two questions. <laughs> uh, Honest. This guy's great. I love it already. I like it. Uh, number one, I've got pretty much all the parts I need to build a temperature-controlled... Uh, what's a hop-ost? 
I don't know. I, if, oh, for drying hops? I think that's oh. what it is, yep. right? For, yeah, Hop yeah. oast out of an old chest of drawers. Yep. But I'm trying to figure out the uh, the CFM, or wind speed, if you prefer, of I a typical do. commercial hop oast. I've emailed a couple major hop producers and either haven't heard back or been told they have no idea. Probably because it doesn't fucking matter. It's an old school method. They probably don't even use it anymore. I somehow doubt yeah. any of you would know such a figure off the top of your head. Yeah, at like 12. I don't fucking know. <laughs> 12 MPH. Uh, under seventy percent suge- humidity. Have you got any suggestions as to how I might find out uh, some sort of rough number other than trial and error? So, uh, yeah, anybody? He's going to have no. to do trial oh, and error. Just get a fan, put it on a rheostat, and see what works. Yeah, like, does it matter? I mean, I, th- I think most people use kilns, right, Nate? I mean, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. Why they're going to just do like wind. Propane fired kiln is what the commercial guys do, or at least what I saw at yeah. Loftus when I was Sounds there. Sounds dangerous. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's hot as hell. It's like 130 degrees in that room. I mean, you might e- try to email Matt Brindleton at Firestone because he's done a lot of hop research and, and stuff like that. So he may have stumbled across that in this giant sponge of a melon he has. But mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, I have no idea. All right. The other Figured question. Someone might, though. The other question he says is about <clears throat> making hash out of hops. Oh! Mm. <laughs> he says bubble bags are popular for making hash out of the cousin, but why not do the same thing for hops? I know most of the commercial producers of hop extracts use liquid CO2, which is pretty impractical for homebrewers. I've been wonder, uh, pondering ways to make an extract at home to make storage of uh, an ever-expanding uh, crop of hops. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Um, do what with the hash? Smoke it? No, no. It would be to make a hop extract because then you yeah. could just uh, oh. you get bitterness that way and, or you can get flavor that way. You don't have your it seems are really tough to make. You just buy hypercritical CO2 extract, which you can get from... Hop Union, some of the other guys. There you go. Um, all right, that was from Jamie. I don't know. J- Jamie must be stoned because he's seriously <laughs> overthinking this whole thing. Yeah, he's a home brewer, man. That's <laughs> that's the kind of the cool part about home. Just saying, hop hash at all makes you makes you yeah. think he's probably smoking. Wait, yeah. do you think that we could know? <laughs> yeah, no. uh, the answer. Can we make no. hop Keith? <laughs> Let's take this one step further. Yeah. It's basically all been tried, and if it's not happening, it's it it can't happen. Do you guys sell right. hop grinders? <laughs> all right, Josh writes in. Uh, hey Jay, I'm just getting around to listening to the Distill Show. Great discussion about Whirlpool hop editions. There was one message Tasty was trying to get across that got lost in the conversation. If you're trying to clone a beer that has an extended Whirlpool at the commercial brewery, but you don't do an extended Whirlpool on your system. Then you should throw your hops in at 20 minutes and chill straight away. Yeah. Okay. Much message. Uh, this concept has been discussed <laughs> a lot he here in Oz because a lot of us know chill our wort in cubes. And lately there has been an increase in cube hopping. Uh, I, I and others have found that uh, cube hops tend to uh, be similar to a 20-minute addition. The, then to add more aroma, we either do the coffee plunger method or dry hop the shit out of it. Cheers from Josh. Coffee right. plunger. Coffee plunger method. BD from Texas writes in, Hello, I'm new to brewing and heard about adding or pitching a second yeast after the first week brewing to the carboy. Uh, is this recommended? If so, do I siphon to a new carboy and add the yeast or add to the original? Excuse my inexperienced terms. I'm starting a new hobby and just really like beer. Thanks in advance <laughs> for your help. BD from Texas. I love his, just the last sentence kind of endured me to that post. Yeah, sorry. Like, that's just really good. I just really like beer, dude. I don't know what I'm talking about. Right. Love it. Um, I, I'm not sure why you'd be adding a second yeast to anything. If you've added the proper amount of yeast, and to do that, I would use Mr. Malty's pitch rate <coughs> calculator over at MrMalty.com. 
um, you, your, your beer should finish out fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're bottling beer, that might be the place that people are... Uh, anybody could, could interrupt me if I start to fuck this up. If you're <laughs> bottling beer, uh, that might be the place that you, you could add a second that. yeast to bottle condition. Right. But even that's not necessary. Uh, you just generally add some priming sugar. You can look that up on any of the... Go to morebeer.com and there's probably yeah. a tutorial on this. And um, it just puts enough fermentables back into your wort after it's finished fermenting so that it does a secondary fermentation in those bottles and it's carbonated. The terms are kind of confusing when you're you're saying things like secondary fermentation, even when you're talking about not pitching into another vessel. Right. Because it's not really a secondary ferment. It's just moving one fermentation from one vessel to another. Mm -hmm. It's the same fermentation. So it, it is definitely a little confusing, but maybe pick up How to Brew by John Palmer. There you go. That uh, might clarify. I, he had a second question there on uh, should he transfer to a secondary before he does the second yeast. Actually, I would because uh, what's left in the first one is like cells that have like collapsed and died, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, I wouldn't do an active ferment with that there. It'd be like autolysis, right? That'd be kind of mm-hmm. it would eat yeah. the, the dead cells. So I would transfer to, for the second yeast. I was going to eat my dead baby after the uh, after I got the younger. You really are a homebrew at if, heart. And one one quick comment: to if he does this, like you get the yeast active before you pitch the second yeast because there's already yes. alcohol in solution, it probably won't get anything otherwise. Yeah, especially if, like if you're using a dry yeast, re- rehydrate it and don't use the dead baby as a yeast don't use nutrient. It's my stirrer. All right, I got to skip through some of this other stuff. We don't have a lot of time. Another one about the IBU thing, say uh, the whirlpool thing, saying we overcomplicated things. Uh, uh, let's see. That was for his entertainment. I hope you liked it. Uh, uh, I guess I'll read this one. It's in regards to the complaints we get about uh, not doing enough beer information on this program. Yeah. Hey, Brewcasters. I'm one of the Silent Army members. You know, uh, one of the members who listens to all the shows. Loves them and always thinks I should participate more, but don't because I'm either too busy or just fucking lazy. But I finally had enough, and I just decided I had to write in. Uh I can't listen to any more of these fucking complaints about how the session doesn't have enough beer information or doesn't ask enough beer questions or blah fucking blah. I'm sure I'm not in the minority here, but as far as the session goes, the reason most of us listen is because we want to be entertained while possibly getting some beer info as a bonus. (laughs) I think that... Another backhanded compliment. (laughs) Right. Uh, I think this sums up why most of us are involved in the homebrewing community to begin with. But yet, even with a half a dozen great magazines, a hundred books, who knows how many damn forums, websites, and all kinds of multimedia, not to mention three shows on the same fucking network that are strictly information-related, you still get people complaining about how you need to include more beer information in the show. When you say it like that, it sounds ridiculous. I used to listen to Sunday show, and then they stopped talking about beer, so I don't listen anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, these people need to just settle the fuck down and realize that not all the listeners want nonstop brewing information. If you didn't get enough beer info you needed from a show, find it online. Didn't get a question answered? Contact the person yourself. I just have to add, I hope you're not taking this self-absorbed minority to heart. But after listening to the recent show with Fal Allen, I'm a little worried. Fal made comments like, we still do it in the can occasionally, and I'm more concerned about how we're going to reduce the air in our package. And nobody interrupted to throw in a quick joke. I hope this isn't a sign that you're giving in to the 1%, man. <laughs> he says that's supposed to be said in my homeless hippie voice. Oh. Uh, cheers and suck it. Well, it was. Nate. Oh! Thank you. Was that Nate's first suck it? Yeah, I think that was Nate's Hell first yeah. suck it. Hell yeah. Woo! Yeah. 
You've that's, come of age, my dear. That's from Jeremy Benarmi, private first class. <laughs> that's my favorite email. <laughs> See, the thing is, is Fal has like a four-page writer, and one of the stipulations is you no dick jokes. Oh, so right. we, our hands were tied. Yeah, he wouldn't let us make a dick joke. Yeah. Um, do I have time for this last one? Sure. Uh, hey, I'm in the Coast Guard and currently deployed to St. Paul Island, Alaska, from my permanent duty station in Sitka, Alaska. Duty. <laughs> there you go. Now I hope that guy's We're back on track. I was lucky to fall into your archive brewcast on iTunes and smart enough to download a bunch before I left. <clears throat> my first listen featured Greg from Stone, and I've been hooked since. You're all extremely entertaining and apparently knowledgeable. I'm grateful for what you do. Keep it up. I've never homebrewed before, but I plan to start in April when I return to Sitka. There are some great friends of mine who are already brew there, and I can't wait to share their experiences. Your show's already got my mind churning with ideas of what not to try, uh, or, or sorry, what I want to try, and what to look out for. <laughs> thought he was listening to me. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to get back to civilization where I have, yeah, yeah, and it goes on, and he's happy about everything. Um, oh, I guess beer's real expensive up there. Yeah, He says, Longhammer IPA is like 50 bucks a case. Uh, brew free or die from the 21st Amendment? Only ten ninety five. All right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, that's from Brandon and uh, Brandon, be safe out there in the coast guard. I don't know yeah. what happens, but be safe in Alaska. Alaska is a dangerous place, right? Yeah. It's, it's close to Russia. <laughs> it's close to Russia. You can wave to it. Yeah. We're still at war with them, right? Yeah. Pretty well, much, uh, yeah. perpetually. I'm going to have to ask Mason who we're at war with. He probably knows. Who should we side with? I th- I'm pretty sure we're still at war with Russia. Pretty sure we still have troops over there. I think we should. Since Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, all right. Have I got to? Have I, do I have to do this um, this uh, AHA thing before the break? Yes, let's is talk. That, to is him. that what's happening? Yes. I think we have Terry Denham on the line, uh, one of our AHA candidates for the governing committee. I told you guys that we'd be talking to each of the how many candidates? Seven. Seven, Seven candidates uh, vying for three spots, I believe, and we're going to give them a chance to talk about why they want to be on the American Homebrewers Association uh, governing committee. And today we are talking to Terry Denham. How you doing, Terry? I'm doing well, and yourself? I'm doing great. Thanks for being with us today, man. Thanks for asking. You get, you getting ready for the Super Bowl or what? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I'm from uh, Pittsburgh, so there's not a whole lot of excitement here. That makes sense. <laughs> oh, sorry, the Steelers don't win every single year. <laughs> Everyone's depressed. <laughs> right. Uh, there's a high suicide rate in Pittsburgh this time of year. Uh, are you going to be drinking homebrew during the Super Bowl today? This is an important question, Terry. I would plan to, yes. What are you going to drink? Um... Uh, Probably drink some uh, Belgium Wit. Oh, that sounds tasty. And also some uh, oak barrel, bourbon barrel stout. Okay. What kind of brewer are you? You got an all-grain uh, brew system? All-grain, yeah. Yeah? How many gallons do you brew at a time? Uh, ten gallon. There you go. There's no like, sense in brewing five gallons. No. You know, you got to do ten. Why would you? Are there extract brewers running for AHA? I would imagine not. Maybe, sure. It really? Yeah, yeah, sure. I I'm sure they yeah. snuck in then somehow. You don't have to be a, like a all-grain brewer. I mean, you just have to be a good organizer and a good a good thinker. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. So you know, I started with the extract. You did? Yeah, you know, okay. you know, I was like most guys. I got that two-bucket kit. My wife, Patty, bought me the two-bucket kit for Christmas, and I said, Patty, this is all I'm ever going to need to brew beer with. <laughs> you lied to your wife. That was uh, a two-tier all-grain system and a 24-gallon conical fermenter later. I don't have everything I need, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, you're not done yet. <laughs> How long have you been brewing? Uh, about 10 years. Okay, that's great. So tell us why uh, you'd, you'd want to be on the governing committee. Well, 
I would like to be able to help with the club side of the AHA. I'd like to be able to help it grow, to help the clubs grow. Uh, I also like to be able to find ways for clubs to be more involved in the community, uh, helping with fundraising events, holding holding brewing events that uh, work towards fundraising. Now, this this is great to hear, and yeah. for two reasons. The first reason is that I think that you're absolutely right. Clubs, we need to get clubs more involved <laughs> and and more active in ways to support them. The second reason is that I'm currently the chair of the club committee, and I, let's face it, I suck. I, I'm I'm terrible. I'm terrible, and I think Terry will do a better job than me. Well, I don't know that, uh, that I would do better. I would like like to help. I would like to help you. It, Let me put it that way. It's a, it's, <laughs> That's it's, a good way to put it. It's definitely, and, and I'm being honest here, it's definitely an area that uh, I think could could use some more attention and, yeah. and some help because, like a wiener. I mean, clubs are such an enormous part of the American Homebrewers Association that uh, I think that's it's something it needs, Terry. Good job. Well, you know, I think the more, the better the clubs are, the more members we're going to have towards the AHA, which is going to make... Yeah, make it stronger, that's all. Right. Now, you know it's a three-year term if you get elected, right? Yes, sir. And you have to sit in a room with me uh, once a year for three years, for well, like I, two hours. I have to sit in a room with a lot of people that's been drinking home for two <laughs> hours, so I'm used to that. It's true. And actually, someone usually does bring homebrew, and we start at like eight in the morning yeah. drinking. That's what the committee's like. I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you the secret of the committee. We just drink. We just sit there drinking. Yeah, we don't even talk about things. Flip a coin. Yeah, I would have loved it if uh, Terry. Next time someone asks you, uh, you know, uh, it's a three-year commitment, right? If you just went, oh shit, oh, screw <laughs> this. <laughs> oh, I'm out. out. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck. Um, really? 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 No, you're messing with me. Come on. They said six months. Have you been to uh, any of the conferences, Terry? Yeah, yeah. I've been to uh, been to the one in Cincinnati. Okay. I've been to the one in Minnesota. A couple years ago, nice. Uh, we're trying. Our club is trying to actually bring it to Pittsburgh in a few years. Oh, fantastic! I'd like to see it in Pittsburgh. That that would be nice. Yeah, that'd be a good time. Well, that's something you could push for uh, if you make it on the committee too. Well, uh, that's that's one thing. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, the other thing with clubs, I would like to see some more non brewing competition between clubs. More competition. Well, more competition that don't involve brewing. Like a three-legged race? I see. Well, it's a like beauty clubs, contest. Like the clubs that could raise the most money for a charity. Oh, that's a good idea. I uh, like the way you're thinking. Huh. The, clubs that, that, the clubs that have guys that serve at, the, at more events. Guys and gals, let me go back. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to lose those gal votes. Yeah, all, all three of them. You need them. Don't worry about it. I, I, I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. no, they, can afford, they can't afford MP3 players anyway. They won't know. <laughs> uh, Terry didn't say that either. No. Just want everyone to know. That was Scott. Don't worry about it. Uh, uh, Terry, what were you saying there? You wanted to find some way to recognize like uh, people for doing service in, in brewing? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I always thought there involved. should be like a BJCP kind of thing about that kind of thing. I know lots of people that don't judge, but donate a hell of a lot of time towards the betterment of the uh, of the beer uh, local home brewers scene. I think there should be some sort of uh, recognition for that. Like who? 
Like, taste who, who would you be talking about? Taste <laughs> no, I, I, I know lots of people. I certainly, if, I, sure? if I was talking about me, yeah. I would have said, I. <laughs> right. I need to be recognized. No, well, no, no. You would never guy. say that. I, would. No, that I know. Would I don't. That's not the you. way I am. Don't think that would be the guys without the good palate. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys want to help too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like those ideas, Terry. Yeah. In fact, as of right now, Terry has my vote. I, I'm, <laughs> for this half hour, I'm endorsing Terry Denham. Well, that would be three votes. Mine, my wife's, and yours. And my, that's right. Uh, you had Susie's vote until you left out girls, and now she she's right. out. Yeah, and I'm a her. felon, so I can't vote. <laughs> right. So you're off to zero. You got three. <laughs> yeah, it's a good start, Terry. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, you can go to uh, homebrewersassociation.org, and as soon as they get everybody's profiles uh, put up, you'll be able to read more about Terry and vote for him there. You do have to be a member, of course, of the American Homebrewers Association to vote, but uh, the Govern Committee, is uh, it's a nice little committee we have there, and we just basically try to voice your concerns um, to the AHA to make sure that, that you're being spoken for, and that's what Terry's running for. So you can go over to homebrewersassociation.org to vote for Terry. Terry, thanks for being on the show, man. Hey, thanks for asking. All right, and brother. If, and if I don't win, I, I'd still like to be on your committee. Okay. Uh, well, I, we'll ju- I think we just invite everybody next Let's year. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Let everybody in there. Good luck, Sounds Terry. Good. Thanks, man. Good thanks, Terry. Okay. Thanks a lot. Have a good day, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, there you go. Oh, he meant my club committee. Yes. I see. Yes. Well, great. He can have my chair. He can have Done. my seat. Done. I'll be Terry's VP. You can be honorary president or whatever you yeah. do. Yeah. You're basically outsourcing your job to Terry. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's taken me two years, but I'm I'm, I'm, I'm right there. <laughs> uh, Terry, you want to host a uh, popular Sunday uh, program? <laughs> Anything? What's that supposed to mean? Uh, okay. Well, that was a fun first segment, don't you think? That was pretty good. All right. Hey, by the way, Winterfest went off without a hitch. Oh, it was awesome. We sold out Ooh. of everything like twice. <laughs> and uh, we, we resold. I, I went around collecting people's glasses and, and sold them again. <laughs> that's, that's how successful it was. Um, thank you uh, to everybody for, for coming out there. JP did a great job on the food and vendor organization there. Oh, thank you. And um, I did a great job on everything else. <laughs> yes. Um, I no, did a great did. job. I had, I had a, a great drinking day. I did yeah. a great job drinking. You did. Oh, and you made a video, which, oh, yes. by the way, that's right. JP was Where is hilarious in that video. Uh, it's on our YouTube uh, page. Uh, you can go to youtube.com slash brewing network, or is it on your blog? It's the blog, yeah. Check the, the BN Army blog. You see some pictures in the video. And uh, it's a good video. And JP's funny. You can get a, as if you need more insight into his life. Um, you can there. And it was just, I want to thank the band's Forest Day and Big Joe Hurt and. Uh, Purple Haze. Oh, man. That guy is unbelievable. So, you know, I, I, I talked him up on the show, right? You guys had to hear yeah. me blab about this guy for a couple weeks. People come up to me the whole time, like, that. all they were saying was, dude, you weren't kidding. You right? were not, for the first time, you weren't lying to us. <laughs> uh, this guy blew everybody away. Even I did that. And you and I, you know, outside of a, uh, outside of the show, we really don't interact. We don't like to talk to each other. <laughs> right. And, uh, and, and I actually broke that rule and went up to you and was like, look, I, I, I know this is weird, but th- this guy's rad. And you're like, uh, just whatever. And we went our separate ways. But right. <laughs> he was amazing. I was talking to Chris Graham, who is a friend of mine, but also a sponsor. And Graham's yapping away to me like he does. Yeah. And uh, the guy starts playing the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> 
And I with his teeth. And I turned yeah. to our head, our chief sponsor, and was like, "Chris, I'm sorry, you have to shut up now." <laughs> uh, th- I got this guy is doing the Star Spangled Banner just like Jimmy right now, right? And uh, Chris understood. Yeah, he dropped his sponsorship, but he, <laughs> he understood. understood. Yeah. But Olin gave it back to us. Olin, yeah. yeah. Then I found Olin drunk, yeah. and he gave it back. Just signed something. All right, right. All right, we got to take a, game. a quick break. Uh, you can announce Twitter game right when we come back. Do it. Uh, here's Forrest Day, who headlined the fest and just blew everybody away. Yeah. Till Christmas and I'm gonna buy my girlfriend a gift. Oh well, oh well, it's from the banner. I can tell, I can tell, I can tell. I guess I don't respond well to middle management. Most of them is mindless sort of bastards with the grudge against anyone like me who won't put up with an attitude. Monkeys pinching pennies telling me what to do. I'm tired of working for assholes. 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 I could understand a little better if you're up in Trump Tower, but you're turning into monsters for ten bucks an hour. You're cowards. Like monkeys with whips, I make a buck less than you when you want me to do backflips. Nah, you're mistaken. Gotta bring home the bacon, but it's not worth the shit that I'm taking. The smiles you're faking. I'm sure I have my price, but it's more than I-75. Oh, got tired. Every day was the same. Buddy, you can put me in a room on the beach. No fee, no fee. Just food and gasoline, gasoline, gasoline. Just gotta hop a couple hurdles that could make it hard. A small check, and sure register my car. I'm no ball, just put it on a credit card. Get a job, make minimum payments, still the two were start. I'm tired of working for assholes. 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 Freedom at last, I got a pack of cigarettes, a 12 pack of pants, and I'm set with the materials I need to forget. I told my girlfriend the news and she isn't even upset, she's the best, bless her little soul. When she gets home, dinner's ready and I'll pack her a bowl, I'll pack my lady a bowl. Same, no more of the same. 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 No
Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the homebrewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read Read your way to better homebrew. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months and then to the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now, it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their new Snaplock stainless steel camlock fittings will make connecting your pump or heat exchanger quick and easy. Or check out their exclusive paintball tank-based draft beer equipment. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. This is 
Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Guru Network. The session. Brewing up our next batch of radio gold. Right now. Yeah, baby. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for sticking with us. A lot to get to today on our Super Bowl show. Big day in sports, the Celtics versus the Padres, and uh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a pitcher's duel, I'm pretty sure. Um, Defensive teams, you know. It's Uh, very important to me, this day, this game, this match. Well, it's more of a lifestyle, really, than anything. What is it called? Uh, uh, Tourney? Attorney. It's attorney. Yeah. The, the super attorney. It today. is. It is like a attorney tourniquet being applied sh- to your face. Bracket. I, I'm sure that it's very important to our next guest, uh, the Super Bowl, uh, Mazen Hajar from. Uh, he's the founder and CEO of Nine Six One Beer. Uh, Mazen, the the World Football Championships are very important to you over there. I'm sure of it. Absolutely. They're a big night for us. Yeah. Not during the day. <laughs> right. It's a big. That's true. Yeah. What is it? Uh, middle of the night over there. It's uh, close to 11 p.m. By the time the game gets on, it's probably going to finish somewhere around 4 or 5 in the morning. Gotcha. Wow. And the Lebanese will be partying in the streets, I'm sure of it. Uh. No, actually, you'd be surprised how many um, how many pubs uh, have our beer on top for Super Bowl. Oh, is that right? Hmm. Hey. <laughs> are, they, are they rooting for the Patriots? I have no idea who the hell they're rooting for. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they're drinking your beer, right? Yeah. Yeah, as long as they're cares. drinking the beer, that's fine. You know, yeah. th- that reminds me about our Twitter game. Oh, uh, do it real quick, yes. JP. Go ahead. Um, so I was thinking about the Super Bowl and what beer everyone usually drinks. And uh, so I want uh, the Twitterverse to name me three positives about Bud Miller or Coors. Three positives? Three positive things about about the big three, basically fizzy yellow beer. Okay. And don't be like, oh, it's good to pour out the drain. No. Be positive. positive. Really try to be positive about it. Name me three positives about Bud Miller or Coors. All right. There's your Twitter game of the week, and JP will send uh, the winner a prize. We'll do it at the end of the show. Eventually. So, Mason is from 961 Beer, uh, which is in Lebanon. And help me out here, Mason. Help me pronounce the city name. It's actually, actually, Maserati Shore is not the city, Justin. It's, it's a little industrial zone in Beirut, on ah. the suburb of Beirut. Beirut. Okay, so Beirut would be the city, and Maserat Yeshua is is the district basically exactly got it okay and uh how long you guys been there we started off in july 2006 in the middle of the siege the whole war with israel hezbollah war with israel okay i started brewing when the bombs were falling so let me get this straight uh there are bombs there's a war going on there are bombs going off and mason you're sitting there and you go Hey, I should start a brewery. <laughs> is this, Pretty much. this how it went? No, actually what happened was I, I've been in love with food forever. And um, I met my first partner, uh, Henrik Hagen, who's from Denmark. He was, tour- he was on a tourism trip to Beirut. And um, we were having dinner one day casually. And he said, okay, you keep complaining about your uh, corporate lifestyle. What do you want to do? And I said, I want to brew beer. That was the end of the conversation. <laughs> okay. Two weeks later, I get a phone call from Copenhagen saying, wow, I loved Beirut. I'm like, thanks. That was cool. And he goes, screw you. I'm like, what? <laughs> um, I haven't slept for two weeks thinking about this beer idea. Do you really want to do it? And wow. at that point, I had absolutely no clue how to make beer at all. 
without realizing what I was drinking. I mean, I was much younger. I was just drinking to get drunk, but it tasted good. Yeah. And when I got back home, it tasted like crap. And so that's how the whole idea started off. Okay. And what were you do you said uh your corporate lifestyle. What what were you doing before the brewery? Well, I quit investment. I was nine years in investment banking. I was the chief financial advisor for one of the big banks in Lebanon. Okay. And then I started two airlines. Really? Yeah, just like I, that. I I started the first low fare airline in the Middle East, and then the government felt threatened that the national airline would would uh, get its ass kicked. So they they started <laughs> uh, not giving us schedules and landing slots, and then I started a, a, another government's airline, and then I quit and started making beer. Wow. See, <laughs> now I'm intimidated. I can't even remember to take out the garbage on Thursdays. And Mazin has started two national airlines. Well, because the garbage comes on Tuesday. <laughs> I see. <Yeah>. Exactly. It's <laughs> exactly. amazing. I should have known that. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, we think we're doing really well on a podcast. And he's like, dude, I started not one but two airlines. Until I, until I threatened the government yeah. and, they, and, and I got out of it. Which sounds incredibly easy to do, right? I do see here on your Skype uh, uh, avatar, you're you're in a suit. You do look like an investment banker on Skype. Yeah, that, that actually, you know what? Everyone makes fun of this, and I keep forgetting to take it off. Oh, I'd leave <laughs> it. No, you got to leave that. I yeah, think I, it, I think it's important. I look like a constipated moron. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because you do look like I don't know if you've seen the movie, but he looks like the guy from Ocean's Eleven. Um, the, yeah, the, the the guy who owns the casino, the guy who gets robbed. Yes, uh, oh, that's what he looks. That's oh, who he uh, looks Richard like. Richard Greco. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Wasn't he on Twenty One oh, Jump Street? So I look like a constipated actor. <laughs> yeah, that's what you look like. A constipated, exactly. Uh, investment I think, banker, uh, Mesa. I think you should put that photo on one of your beer bottles, as a matter of fact, and call it like you know, fuck the corporations or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> call it corporate lifestyle I mean, we're, beer. We're having a, you know, it's it, it's funny because when I was in corporate life, everything was senseless and it was just pressing on with these things. I I wake up now, super happy, super excited in the morning. Wondering what the hell we're going to brew next. What's the next crazy thing we're going to do? Right. It's a completely different lifestyle. Coming from that constipated person to <laughs> brewing beer is like the greatest thing on earth. Right. That was, you were born again. Yeah. On that day. Yep. So to talk to me about this then. You, you have this idea. You don't look into what it takes to make beer. You open a company. You know nothing about it. How, how do you build a brewery and make beer knowing nothing about it? And and living in an area where no one knows anything about it. Right, you can't. It's not like you can go to your friend's brewery and ask him. If you were in the states, you you have tons of resources. You have a homebrew shop. You have all this stuff. You have breweries around you. People you can talk to. In 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 our part of the world, there's the Heineken brewery, and the guy who can who fills the kegs 
doesn't know how to connect a draft system. That's how specialized they are in their little departments. Wow. Oh, I see. Yeah. So there's absolutely no technical uh, uh, background there anywhere. Well, what I did was we basically bought every single book on Amazon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I read cover to cover everything I could get my hands on, um, which still doesn't help because, you know, you read something like sparging and loutering. And unless someone actually shows you what the hell it is. Yeah. You're like, Whatever. Yeah, you just think it's some stupid German word. I agree. That's that's definitely true, even at homebrewing, where you, you you do need people around you. You can't be in a bubble yeah. on your own and figure everything out. It's I still impossible. don't know what loutering is, and yeah. I've been doing this for seven years. <laughs> it's a thing. What, I'll show you later. What loutering is? Yeah. Never heard of that. Yeah, exactly. I, the first time we made beer, I'll tell you how we first made beer. So, so after this conversation with Henrik, uh, we decided, okay, I'll put half the money in. He'll put half the money in, and we'll get some sort of a bank loan and put and raise the rest of the money. And all of a sudden, this idea was coming to fruition. And about three days before the war started with Israel, I got a book um, from Amazon called Beer School, which is the autobiography of Steve Hindi. Okay. From Brooklyn Brewery. And, um, you know, three days after that, the war broke out. I was sitting on my balcony thinking, shit, Henrik's going to want to withdraw and leave. And, okay, I'll, I'll keep doing this. Should I do this? Should I not do this? And I get a phone call from Henrik um, six days or seven days into the war, and the bombs are falling outside. And he says, uh, so did you register the company? I'm like, no, no, don't worry. I'll ship your money back. Don't worry about it. He goes, uh, why didn't you do it? I'm like, there's a fucking war going on. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. He goes, listen, do it. Don't be stupid. Do it now. I'm like, what? Why? He goes, we have a great story. We registered under siege. Right. And I'm like, okay. So I get really excited. I'm sitting on my balcony. The electricity is out because they bombed the electricity. Hang on. Does anybody else think that it's weird that Mason's sitting on his balcony while bombs are going? Yeah, go inside, would you? You want to watch the show, you know? Totally different area that that was being. See, that's the cool thing about being Lebanese. You can figure out exactly where the danger zones are. (laughs) I see. I gotta. I gotta think. It's like you get. You get. I don't want to say you get used to it because it sounds like you know just oh forget about it. There's just bombs going off, but I'm pretty sure at some point you stop being really really scared. Yeah, yeah I, you know, and then look, you go oh well whatever. Okay. If it's going to hit you. It's going to hit you. I'm going to go along with my business and and we'll see what happens. I guess it's it's not exactly like that. I mean the the war in Lebanon ended in 1991 and it's been a great mm. city to live in, uh, a great country to live in since then, except for that little stint in 2006. Okay, but. After the civil war in Lebanon, which I grew up in, I went to Bosnia as a journalist to cover the war in Sarajevo. So you kind of get a sense of where where is a good place to stick your head out and where is it a good place to basically hide under the covers. I see. Wait, so you were an investment a banker. journalist also. Yeah. Investment banker, <laughs> owned two airlines different. and a journalist, and, and you own a brewery, and you're what, like 10 years old? How old are you? I'm 38. 38. Jesus, <laughs> I've, 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 uh, I've served ice cream. <laughs> you coffee. Were, you were a barista. Yeah, I, yeah, I've served ice cream, coffee, and beer. That's yeah, what I've done in my lifetime. I can't figure this shit out. <laughs> Neither can I, man. Yeah, yeah. Now I could see what you mean. You, you're around it enough that you just you start to realize the signs of danger, so you know when it's okay to sunbathe on your balcony. Exactly, and yeah. open a book, and, and then when you open that book, the first sentence of the first paragraph of the first page says something along the lines of I woke up to the sounds of bombs exploding outside my hotel Alexandre and I was like what the fuck <laughs> wow yeah 
And it turns out Steve Hindi, who's third generation Lebanese at that time, I didn't know, huh. was the Associated Press journalist for uh, in during covering the civil war in Lebanon. Wow. Huh. Amazing. And actually, on one of his trips out of Beirut to Saudi Arabia, where he got to, to, to see home brewing, he wondered why the hell do we have um, Bud Coors and Miller in the U.S. and came back and inspired him to to start uh, Brooklyn Brewery. Amazing. So, did you look at that as a sign? That sentence. Like, I oh, absolutely this is a- looked at that as a sign. I called everybody up. I said, "Come on, we're going to brew." And Henrik had been flying in and out of Beirut, basically carrying stuff in his handbags, like barley and hops. We don't have any of the stuff here: malted barley and hops. And and eventually, I had enough kits, so we started brewing that day and it turned out to be miserable after two weeks because i boiled everything together i didn't understand sparging lautering ah you literally boiled all the ingredients together i basically did that i mean i did the steps the infusions but without understanding the lautering sparging and that i should cool before the yeast it was all experimental and then finally we got the whole thing right and we started making beer and more beer and better beer and we were researching every sunday we'd have people come over and drink and um, then the group started growing on its own. Okay. And one day, like on a Wednesday at 10 p.m., I got a knock on the door and two dudes were standing at the door going, hey, are you Mazen? Yeah. Um, you make good beer. Oh, thank you. Can I? Can we buy some? And I felt like this drug pusher behind the door. <laughs> right. You're the new gig in town. Just don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, here's a six pack. Now go away. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, And so at some point, it all got serious. And we decided, all right, next step, order a brewery. Um, None of us had ever been in a brewery ever. So we shopped around. And luckily, we landed on DME in Canada, who gave us a lot of technical support and advice. And uh, we bought a 10-barrel, two-vessel brew house with four 20-barrel fermenters. Wow. DME, those are cool dudes up there. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm feeling a bit under the weather, so if I cough, don't freak out. No worries. <laughs> You're far so away. I, yeah, I don't want to get a computer virus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh. So we, we kind of got this whole thing going. Uh, we ordered this equipment, and then I, at that point, it clicked to me. I said, uh, okay, this is not a joke anymore. I flew over to Canada and actually got certified as a brewmaster. Did a, a lot of coursework. Okay. All right. So you did, Picked up the equipment and flew back to Beirut. Well, I flew back to Beirut and got the equipment into the brewery. It was four containers full of like 3,000 different pieces. Yeah. And uh, my partner looked at me, who, who used to head an orange juice production factory, and he looked at me and he said, okay, where are the engineering maps? <laughs> <laughs> They're in and my I head. looked at him and I said, I can't see them. So we called DME up and I said, hey, where are the engineering maps? And the guy on the other line, who's our account manager, said, do you think this is a Lego set? (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's what you needed. Is that what they said? Yeah. You needed a Lego set. Here's your engineering map. Good luck. We can send someone down, but dude, have you never been in a brewery? I'm like, no. What are you, an idiot? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So So, did you get somebody out? We started brewing. Um, in September '07, we opened our brew pub, our pub. It wasn't a brew pub because, again, the government in Lebanon doesn't really understand what the hell brewing is. So we're two zonings uh, less in industrial zo- in industrial categories, less than a nuclear reactor. So we're, we're considered right up there with petrochemical uh, industries. Wow. So we had to put the brewery out of town, open a brew pub, 
figure out how the hell to do it. And then we started bottling in March 08. We were doing about 200,000 bottles a year. Did you have a bottling line for that? Yeah, we, we actually bought a bottling line. Okay. Right. That's you know, a, lot a lot of bottles of, of beer. Sorry? That's a lot of bottles of beer in, yeah. in yeah. the first year. Yeah. Good Lord. Um, we weren't selling. I mean, we, we got that capacity. Like the first month out of the gate, we sold 50 cases. Okay. And I was like, oh, shit. Whoops. Second <laughs> month, we sold 27 cases. I was like, oh, my God, we're dead. Third month, 20 cases. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what the hell happened. And demand started picking up. And soon enough, we couldn't supply the bar. So by December, by March 08, we had to close down the bar. Huh. Or sorry, March 09, we had to close down the bar a year and a half later. Okay. Because literally, we sold the last point that we had kegged. And is this just word of mouth growth, or are you advertising? How, how are people finding ads. you? Zero ads. Okay, yeah. So by, by 09, we were operating at capacity and getting all this international interest. I mean, you know, we got covered on CNN, BBC, whatever. At Brewing Network. Yeah. <laughs> Brewing Network, definitely. Twice already. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And um, uh, we were getting all this demand, but we just couldn't grow. I mean, physically, our brewery didn't have a toilet. We had to go to the toilet at our neighbors. Huh. So... It, it was impossible to grow. So we closed down the brewery in December 09 and um, built, uh, took a completely, uh, a complete building for ourselves and built a new three vessel, 35 barrel uh, brew house with 120 battle fermenters, quite a few of them now. And we upgraded our bottling line from 800 bottles an hour to 28,000 bottles an hour now. Wow. So now we're doing. 12 million bottles a year. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. And we're going to be in the States quite soon. Oh, oh that was right. a question from the chat room already. They want to know if we can get your beer. So. Yeah, we've already signed with Illinois, uh, Massachusetts, Michigan, and New York. Um, we're looking at New Jersey, Texas. Um, but I, I don't want to spread my wings too far. I want to service the markets that we're in quite well. Mm-hmm. And I want to offer, make sure that uh, my beer is available all the time. Okay. I think a lot of people don't un- make the mistake of trying to go too far, too quickly. Yeah. Under the pressure of they have access capacity, and then when growth overtakes them, they have to pull back from markets. I, I'm, I try to build things slowly. Yeah, and be able to stay there. That's a good idea. Yeah. Now exactly. I, I have kind of an odd question for you, and I'm not even sure how to phrase it, but. You know, you, you started this brewery because you tasted great beer and you, you didn't like the beer back home, so you wanted to provide good beer, but you, you didn't really know how to brew. So I guess my question is, you know, how long did it take you to brew the quality of beer that you wanted? <coughs> I mean, were, have you always been producing really the, 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 the highest quality that you wanted, or, or was there quite a progression there to figure it out? We produced enough crop when we started. Okay. It was pretty hit and miss. Okay. Our first brew house was not jacketed, so we couldn't control the temperatures. Oh. It was a straight mash in one step. Um, we didn't pasteurize. Now, I know, I look at the American craft beer scene, and I, I am in awe sometimes at some of the stuff craft brewers in the U.S. can get away with. Uh-huh. I think it's, it's one of the most vibrant and the best scenes on earth. I'm completely inspired by what the guys are doing. 
But, you know, th- there's 1,800 breweries now, and not all of them are doing amazing things. Right. right. Some of them are getting away with murder and hiding behind concepts. Like, for example, pasteurization, I mean, is, is one of the things that is most uh, on the top of my list of things that we have a misconception in the craft beer industry about. How do you um, mean? We'll explain that. Well, pasteurization is a very expensive process. I mean, you need to really spend a lot of money to get the, the equipment in. And it does change the flavor of the beer Yeah. if you do not manage your process properly. If you manage your dissolved oxygen and you manage the whole process down the line properly, it shouldn't affect the taste of your beer. Of course, it will, allow, it will force the beer to age much quicker. But in the end, if you want to send beer and be sure that your consumers will all have the same experience, you've got to pasteurize. I see. One of the biggest issues I hear from my friends in the craft beer industry is my distributor uh, messed up, uh, didn't cool the stock, and it went to I don't know who and tasted like crap. Yeah. That's one thing. In the end, as brewers, we have to provide a consistent and good experience to the to the to the uh, drinkers out there right and if you go to a bar and you have a great experience and you go and try this same beer same batch in another bar and taste like crap then as brewers we're doing something wrong okay if we had to guess how what percentage of u.s craft breweries are pasteurizing there's quite a few you would be surprised there's a lot We'd probably be surprised, but but given the amount of breweries like that you mentioned, it's really not that many, you know, percentage. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But oh, I mean, most of the successful ones do pasteurize. Okay. Yeah, I think the the ones who have a large distribution area are, are the ones. Of course, you uh-huh. cannot. You simply the minute the beer leaves your your brewery, you just cannot control unless you're doing bottle conditioning. You just can't control the chain. Yeah. Okay. I see what you mean. It, it becomes it becomes really uh, you know and it is a super expensive uh, process and it is very complicated because it takes a lot of a lot of quality control which a lot of people will try to avoid okay now l- let me ask you this so but in the beginning you know you you kind of said we definitely put out a lot of crap beer but but people were buying it is that because it was still new and there was nothing to reference it against. Like, for example, there wasn't a really good craft beer down the street that they could say, well, 961 sucks. I'm going to the other one. Um, so is that why you were still able to sell beer even though it wasn't up to par? No, that, was, that wasn't it. What we were producing, we were producing four regulars. We were producing a lager, a wit beer, a red ale, and an imperial stout with okay. coffee added to it. And people would drink the red ale and most of the time it was great but occasionally we'd get a bad batch and nice. we'd have to recall it and things like that so it's not that we were making crap beer and 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 the market didn't really get it we were making good beer but sometimes some of our batches were not up to par i understand okay all right i mean we weren't consistent in the quality but you know recently we've uh, I'm, I'm sitting in the brewer in the old brewery um brewing some beer and I get this crazy guy walking into the brewery completely at random, and he says, you're Mazen, you make 961. I'm like, yeah. He goes, I love you. I'm like, weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sounds like us. I'm like, what do you do? He goes, I make shimei. I'm like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow. And turns out he's, he's uh, a Lebanese guy who, had, who was studying in Belgium and worked for shimei as a brewmaster. And um, he said something very, 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 very uh, fundamental to me. He said, 
he had taken the Heineken subsidiaries beer to Shimei to the tasting panel with all the monks. And they loved him off the table. And then he took our beer and they loved it. And so he felt really proud. And two weeks later, I made the guy an offer and he now works for us full time. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, that's, that's a good story. Yeah, I mean, he moved down from Belgium down to Beirut to, to work for us now. Right. Same, same place, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Very nice. I, I mean, the question is, the question of, uh, of whether we got the quality right every time, we didn't. But we learned. And it took us five years and we're still learning. I mean, we, we're just about to release a new beer called the... We've, we've got a new label called the Brewmaster Select. Uh-huh. And the idea behind this label is that it's, an, it's a celebration of Lebanese flavor. So I, as I was doing more and more research into beer, I actually discovered that we were the people that bloody invented beer. Yeah. So it's kind of a homecoming of beer back to Lebanon. Yeah, I like cool. that. Beer found 9000 BC in this region, in this part of the world. Yep. And the first letters, the first uh, goddess Ninkasi, uh, the first written form was here. Okay. So we released this new label. We, we did this project called Brewmaster Select, which celebrates kind of that Lebanese flavor in beer. And the way we do it is by doing a lot of innovative stuff. So our first batch, zero one, is our Lebanese pale ale. And that's a beer collaboratively brewed with Anders Kissmeyer. Yeah, I now, know Anders. Judge on the World Beer Cup. Yeah. Ex Salzburg, then ex Nurburgring House. Won more awards than I can ever remember. And he's <laughs> kind of, of a course. consultant now in general, yeah. I think. Huh. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so what we did was we did an IPA, but more of a mellow English IPA with six local Lebanese herbs. Very local, very specific to the country. And it turned out fantastic. Our next, uh, we're, we're working to do another collaborative brew with an American brewer this time. And we're, we're doing an, uh, our third batch is going to be a collaborative brew with a Lebanese winery. Okay. So, what are, we, can I go back to the first, what are the six, I, I, I probably won't know what they are anyway, but maybe some of our listen, listeners do. What are the six uh, herbs that you put in that beer? We used wild thyme, which in Lebanon is called zatar. Okay. It's a very unique uh, uh, species of thyme. Sumac, which is the sour um, red uh, um, herb. We used the anise. Mm, yeah. Chamomile. Okay. Uh, chamomile. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm interwinding here between French and English. <laughs> That's all right. Sage and wild mint. Hmm. That is a lot of strong um, sensory spice herbs to yeah. put into one beer. It sounds like it'd be really challenging to to, to layer them. I mean, because you want each individual spice to come through. I imagine so. Absolutely. It's a, that would take a delicate hand. What we did wasn't just put them into the boil. I mean, we put some into the end of the boil, but we selected a few and made the tea out of them and added them very late mm. in the fermenter. Just to get less of the aroma, more of the flavor into the beer. Yeah. I kind of want to try it. Oh, well, so do I. And the yeah. nice thing about that, when you're doing the tea and adding it later, is that you could really, uh, you don't run the risk of overdoing it. Because you just put a little in, you taste it, you put a right. little more. Whereas if you do it in the boil, and then you fir- you're kind of fucked. Like, whatever you come out with is what you get. Yeah, you can't take it out exactly. at that point. So exactly but you get you get more of the aromatics in the boil because when you make a tea you're going to get less of the aromatics more of the f- intensity of the flavor 
I, I see. Okay. Which would we, we kind of be good in a pail, I think. You know, it's like it's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. matching with a, with a malt. Right. Good. I mean, kind of imagine an IPA that leaves a lingering taste of thyme and mint in your mouth. I see. That sounds, yeah. it, that, not only does it sound sounds good, good, but this is truly like a food pairing beer yeah. to exactly. me also. Oh, yeah. Exactly. With a nice little lamb or something like that. Yeah. 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 Mamazi, what would be what would be the other this IPA that you're you're going to put this in? What what's what's it made of? What are the hops in that beer, for instance? What, what um, uh, we used pearly for bittering, okay. uh, Simcoe, Cascade, and Citra. Well, you got Simcoe. Uh, huh? <laughs> Simcoe. Simcoe's hard to find out here. Yeah, we're just surprised you found Simcoe. I actually have Simcoe and Amarillo for next year. Nice, wow. that a boy. Good job. <laughs> sure. And I'm not selling any of it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so it's a it's a nice hoppy beer, and then you're going to add the spices to it. I get it. Oh, absolutely. And we actually add more more Citra and Simcoe in the dry hops. Okay. I want to taste this beer. I, to- I totally want to taste this beer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it should be it should be there quite soon, and I will definitely send some down your way. Oh, I was thinking I'd just come vacation in Lebanon this year. You and, know what? Uh, Hell yes, that know? would be a great idea, and we would be very happy to have you over. That'd be great. I'll probably start a war. I'm not very <laughs> not very polite. <laughs> I might go with you. We have to go to Greece, though. Case you haven't noticed. Yeah. I'm about as diplomatic as a truck. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how we like it. Yeah. I do, have, but I I want to talk to you more about the beer. Uh, I did have a, a listener question come through though that I wanted to go back to quickly. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, I don't know much about the Middle East. I'll, I'll be honest with you. But this question coming from one of our listeners in the chat room says, "How do you go about selling beer in an Islamic country, thinking that um, out al- that alcohol might be outlawed uh, in certain areas by Islamic law?" Right, but you have to remember, Lebanon is half Christian, half Muslim. I see. Uh, but you're not. Are you just? Are you just selling beer in Lebanon? No, 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 no. no I no. mean, look, um, there's 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 a big misconception about the Middle East that it's this big Islamic mess. Okay. <laughs> which is like saying the U.S. is a bunch of cowboys sitting on on a horse, uh, lassoing uh, cattle. Well, well, actually, at least partly true. I was just doing that on my way over here. Actually, I just took off my 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 towel. Yeah, yeah. He just got out of his uh, flight training and took off his towel. Yeah, I just you came just out of my, up my my camel here. No, yeah, I mean, I, my wife had to rub my lamp so I can come out of it and talk to you guys. Right. Stereotypes are funny. I know. What do you mean? My wife was rubbing my. Oh, lamp? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. Don't, don't, ins- know. don't insult our guests. Just making JP. a joke. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> okay. My, I'm, I'm very happy when my wife rubs my lap. There we go. <laughs> right. See? Yeah. <laughs> He's obviously listened before. No, I, mean, I mean, seriously, the Middle East is 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 a, a really. I mean, it's 250 million people just in the Arab world. Yeah, we don't know much about it to be honest with you. It's 22 different countries, and I don't know much about it. I mean, it's it's that diverse. It sounds okay. like with such a rich heritage and a rich history. I mean, you talk about the beginning of man, basically. Um, yeah. It's yeah, uh, totally. it would be hard to know everything, right? So I mean, if you if you look at the Arab Gulf, yes, there are some Islamic states like uh, Saudi Arabia and Yemen and Kuwait, which don't allow alcohol. But then you have the Emirates and Qatar, which do Syria, Lebanon, Jordan. They actually produce alcohol. We have a long heritage of alcohol. There's quite a significant Christian presence in the region. Lebanon has always been about um, co- coexistence between religions. Which is why that stint of the civil war was such a catastrophe for us. I see. But now we're back. I mean, the country is literally uh, swarming with 
We have 18 different religions here. Wow. Is Jedi one of them? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You're talking to the Jedi master. Of the <laughs> there we go. <laughs> right. I know in the UK there's a huge Jedi population. <laughs> I like that with uh, I like that Christians are the drunks of the world. Like where I think, you know wherever there are Christians, alcohol is legal. Absolutely not. You know that the only craft brewer in the Middle East is me, and I I was born a Muslim. Okay, I'm pretty much an atheist now, but uh, I was born a Muslim. I see. He says pretty much an atheist. You yeah. know what that means? That means if he's about to die, he starts praying to God. Yeah. Oh, I would too. <laughs> so would <For> I. Sure. <laughs> You never know. Maybe he exists. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, you can't blame Allah for hedging. You want to hedge your bets just right. in case. Just in exactly. case. Exactly. Just say, everybody, look. <laughs> I don't know. You've made it really hard. Just accept you know, me wherever that, I go. That's the reputation that whatever there are Christians, it's liberal. But I mean, in Lebanon, I'm the wacky Muslim who's making beer. I love it. <laughs> I really like it, man. I, I would love to see you in action out there. And, and, the, and the community grow around it, right? That just cool it what? is it is growing but you know what it's it's been a very very hard trip when when you talk about um the local brewer here has had a monopoly for 85 years so when you tell people well, the biggest problem we have is when we put our beer on the supermarket shelves people walk in and if they don't know our beer they assume they're going to get a beer like like a heineken oh yeah and if you don't kind of tell them this is a multi hoppy blah 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 beer, they're going to taste it and go, oh, "It's off. No thanks. Don't right. like it. Give yeah. me a Heineken." Yeah, the education, and and we've we had to go through that here too. But I I could really see what you mean. The education has to come first, or people, yeah, they'll tell you, "Oh, you screwed that beer up." You know? Exactly, exactly. They go, "Oh, it's terrible. Are you sure you wanted the sediment in the bottom of the bottle? Isn't it off?" <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, I got to do this. I want to talk more about this and how you go about the education, but I, I just got to take a quick break and take care of some sponsors. Um, sure. So hang in there one second, and uh, we're talking to uh, Mazin from 961 Beer. You can go to 961beer.com right now and check out the beers that we're talking about and ask questions yourself when we come back. So hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's super yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Northern Brewer presents What If Homebrewers Ruled the World. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'll follow me, I will lead you into the gallery area. Now, the first piece up for sale today is a Jamil Zinashev original, a bottle of 1997 vintage Evil Twin. Oh, I see. A bidding for this one-of-a-kind piece will start at £7,000. And if you'll continue to follow me, ladies and gentlemen, I can show you a rather abstract piece from Bay Area brewer Justin Crossley. It's a German Doppelbach. 
Bach entitled Justin's Giant Bach. The brewer's notes here indicate that this beer had excellent mouthfeel. Capital, capital. That's just a crazy dream, or is it? With Northern Brewer, a thirsty nation can craft its own ale and lager for the greater good of mankind. Northern Brewer, the home of $7.99 Brew Saver Shipping, superior customer service, and the finest selection of home brewing goods for the future. What does craft beer mean to you? Is it a delicious way to support your town's local brewer? Or perhaps it's the perfect beverage to pair with those delicious meals at your favorite restaurant and at home. Regardless of whether you're thinking of pints or pairings, pilsners or porters, craftbeer.com is the site where craft beer lovers come together to learn and share. Craftbeer.com is brought to you by the Brewers Association and celebrates the best of American craft beer and its brewers. Craftbeer.com is the best place to find craft beer events recipes, great feature stories, the most up-to-date brewery listings, and resources for your next beer tasting or dinner, like style guidelines, pairing mats, and charts. Get the inside scoop on new beer releases and special events from today's craft beer insiders and chime in to share your own knowledge, perfect pairings, road trips, recipes, and more. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is... Awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that Brew Builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. What's funny is brewers just say, yeah, I don't brew to stop. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. Sports beer. The home of live beer radio. Thebrewingnetwork.com. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. into the session. Because life's too short to listen to crappy radio. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for sticking with us. Say, if you're looking for a way to spice things up in the bedroom or been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie, I've got a deal for you. You can go to adamandeve.com right now and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off any item. 
Uh, that's not it. You get your fifty percent off one item, then you get three free DVDs uh, for a little inspiration. I'm not talking about like Disney DVDs here, JP. I'm talking oh. DVDs. Well, then I don't even really care. Uh, plus a free extra gift, so sensual. We're not even allowed to talk about it when we have the Lebanese on the line. That's how sensual it is. They don't they don't like sensual gifts or something. But that uh, gift is going to inspire right. your wife to rub your lamp. Uh, right. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> see what comes out. Uh, so go to AdamandEve.com right now. Uh, use coupon code B N Army. That's B N A R M Y. B N Army. And you'll get all that good stuff from Adam and Eve. Um, you could buy, you know, creepy thing. I don't care what you do with your spare time. Just go to adamandeve.com and, and do it right now. Yeah. All right. On the line with us still right now, we've got Mazen Hajar uh, from 961 Beer. Uh, and he's from Beirut, Lebanon. And uh, I guess, are, did I read right that you're poised to produce like 60,000 barrels of beer already this year? That's that's next year. We're next hoping year. for that next year. We're, do, we're doing 30,000, 35,000 this year. Oh, that's it? So you're yeah. are you wow. you're not still on your ten barrel system, are you? Uh, no, 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 no. We have a we have a three vessel, thirty five barrel system now. Oh, okay, so you did have to you had to do that upgrade pretty quickly. One question well, I had. Actually, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say we're actually looking to buy a one fifty barrel system now. Wow. Oh, My gosh. <laughs> so as you, as you ramp up production for all of this additional barrelage every year, how do you secure enough supplies? I mean, you mentioned earlier that even. When you were getting started, there wasn't a place to buy, obviously, hops and barley and whatnot. Was that an uphill battle to get the the raw materials it's in to do still, this? It still is an uphill battle. You'd be surprised. I mean, you know, we use a lot a lot of American hops in our beers. Uh, we use Amarillo, Simcoe. Um, and, and so getting Amarillo for next year was just such a struggle. I bet. What about shipping costs for that stuff? I mean, hops are expensive for brewers anyway. Are they twice as expensive for you? Um, they are more expensive for us, yes, but we, we just did a, you know, something about 961 is it's not just a brewery. It's, it's kind of a message about changing your life. Okay. And as tacky as that sounds, <laughs> we had, um, our tagline in 2006 was, are you resistant to change? Way before one uh, gentleman made that phrase very famous. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, but um, so our philosophy has been to try and invest locally and grow stuff locally. So now for our wit beer, we use local unmalted wheat. We use local spices. And we've just recently done a project with the German uh, uh, embassy in Beirut where we started planting hops in, in Lebanon. Huh. Wow. Beautiful. Really? That's cool. In the, how do they grow in that region? Up. It, it, it shouldn't theoretically and you know uh, they, they were talking about doing re, um, uh, rural development projects and I said look why don't we grow hops and so they went to their expert service and the expert service said no way and huh. I said yeah way we used to grow marijuana <laughs> should grow hops no problem <laughs> yeah it's the same and so they said okay if you're crazy enough to put half the money we'll put the other half and I said of course and so the first year we, we did a pilot plantation of uh, 20 hops, 20 rhizomes. All right. And um, we produced a, a, a little bit of uh, hops. The second year we did 40 rhizomes because, you know, the Germans are so structured and analytical and they want to take samples and study it. And It's not the Germans so, I know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So we, we, got, we got enough hops on the second year. We brewed a harvest lager which the German embassy on October 4th on the German reunification day used it to celebrate German reunification. Wow. 
So imagine the Germans using a Lebanese beer to celebrate their own national day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I, awesome. I bet they didn't tell anybody. Like, you're probably the only one who knows it was your beer. The Because Germans wouldn't admit that. It goes against the Reinhardtsbegot, doesn't it? <laughs> I think so. It's, it, was, it was completely cool. So we're doing a lot of these really cool things. But, I mean, you know what? I am very much uh, in favor of sourcing as much locally as possible. Okay. But I also don't want to limit my ability to experiment with flavors. Sure. Smart man. I got to go I, back I, to the... I, I wanna, go ahead. I want to produce something that is enjoyable by the beer drinker on a day-to-day -day level, but also interesting enough to be interesting for the beer geek. You know? Sure. Well, that's the key to success here in uh, you know Craft Beer America, too, I think. you know, uh, Even us beer geeks in this room, the beers that, that we rave about the most are the really drinkable ones. The beers that we talk about on occasion are those kind of crazy ones that keep us interested. You know, exactly, exactly. I mean, how many, you know, 120 IBUs? I, I had a beer that was half a percent alcohol with 70 IBUs. It was basically <laughs> oh all tea. Ah, wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, that thing ripped my, ripped my tongue to shreds for three weeks. Right. Yeah, I really screwed that beer up. <laughs> sounds like my homebrew. It sounds exactly like my homebrew. Uh, I got to go back to the, the beer we talked about, your first Brewmaster's Select real quick, because I, I have some more questions in the chat room about it. Okay. Um, and it's a good question, because you talked about some of the spices going in the boil and some in the tea. And people want to know which ones went into the boil and which into the tea and why. Why did you uh, you know select it that okay. way? Okay. All of them went into the boil. Ah, Okay. All of them went into the boil, um, some a bit earlier than the rest because I wanted to extract more of the slight sourness. I mean, the beer is in, in no way sour at all. Okay. It's just got a hint of acidity, uh, very small hint of acidity. But what went into the into the boil, uh, into the sorry, into the tea was the thyme and the mint. Okay. And was because that, I want go that ahead. lingering taste to carry forward? Yeah, I could see that. Well, you you want to be careful on those things, right? Yeah, and yeah. you want them to stick around. Yeah. So, I see. Okay. And the nice thing about time when it lingers is it, it actually opens up your appetite, so you want to come back for more. Perfect. No wonder you're selling so much beer. Sneaky, exactly. Sneaky bastard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's like, I did my research. By the way, I was a doctor before I opened those two uh, airlines in yeah. Lebanon. Yeah. You left that. I was a brain surgeon yeah. first. I was the Doogie Hauser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also hosted the prices right for four seasons. <laughs> did you go to university, Mazen? Are you? Uh, I did actually. I went yeah. to the I went to university in the UK. I finished my master's degree in politics. Okay. Uh, and were you going to go into politics? My dad was a member of parliament, um, so I was contemplating it for a while. I Luckily, I didn't because I hate politicians and I think politics sucks. Right. I'm with you on that. I like you much better now. You'd just be a dick if you were a politician, I think. <laughs> now you could be a dick to politicians and get away with it. <laughs> right, right. Did you have to... I know we talked a little bit about laws, but I think this goes even in, in, in any country and any state here in the U.S. Did you have to get any laws changed in order to open up to a, a new brewery that hadn't, you know, obviously there hadn't been one started in years? Not at all. Okay. Not at all. I mean, the laws in Lebanon are pretty open. I mean, we, you know, we have a thriving wine industry. We I have see. a thriving uh, spirit industry. We make this crazy uh, spirit called Hara. 
which is kind of uzu jacked up on on uh, on speed. <laughs> yeah, I can. Yeah, right. I can get with that. <laughs> I can get with that. Should get it forty? Like two seconds. It's like flammable. Don't even light a cigarette next to someone drinking it. <laughs> wow. Um, but no, no, we didn't have to change anything. I, actually, the biggest difficulty I've had in export is the U.S. Huh. It's a mind-boggling web of of God knows what the hell I'm I'm doing. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And any mistake is fatal in the U.S. If you sign up with a distributor, that's it. It's a fucking Catholic wedding. You yeah. can't divorce. <laughs> it is. That's the best part. Uh, yeah. No matter if he's screwing the the, the priest, <laughs> right? Back, you're screwed. That's it. Wow. Yeah, th- I'm not surprised by that at all. So that's is that the that's the reason for the delay getting to market here? Then no, the the, the delay has been we we kind of just went live with our new brewery in March uh, last year. I see. And um, it, again, you, you know, you talked about producing quality beer. It took us at least six months to figure out what the hell we were doing again. It's, it's, it's a constant struggle. People think, okay, I make good homebrew, and therefore I must be able to start a brewery and make a good brewery. <laughs> right. I love this. Yeah, you're right. That's what I thought. That's how I started off. And you know what? You can poop in your beer almost when, when you're making it on a homebrew level and still get away with some of the shit. That you <laughs> you're right. Well, I think, I think the mouthfeel on this, on this turd beer is, uh, is poop order is pretty good. I'm getting chocolatey on the finish. So yeah. nutty. You know what I think you should do is... Is that a is piece of corn in there? Maybe, oh, back, right. maybe back off on the protein and fiber a little bit the, the day before. That was the Budweiser Corona Coors Miller whatever poop beer. <laughs> All right. Look what you started, Mazza. Great job. Yeah, no, exactly. And like, you really needed me to start this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, he, knows. he knows. He knows. That's true. But uh, I, the point that you're getting at, uh, and I love this, you know, it, it isn't that easy to scale up and brew on a commercial system. It's, 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 it's a completely different monster altogether. Yeah. And especially the minute you start selling outside of a brew pub. And then, the, the, so the, I think the technical points are you brew at home. That's one line. You brew in a brew pub. That's another line. Because you're selling everything out of kegs or serving tanks in your pub. You're fine. Yeah. You brew and sell outside of your brewery. That's a third line. And then you're traveling outside of state. And once you get to that level, it's a different... I mean, we brought in a pasteurizer because we wanted to open up the export market. When we started brewing, we weren't pasteurizing. Yeah. And so we used to have the same complaints that most of the craft brewers in the U.S. have, which is, man, I had your beer yesterday in a bar X. It was amazing. I went to bar Y. It tasted like rancid piss. Yeah. Well, you know, because bar Y stuck it up in, out in the sun for two weeks before he cooled it down and sold it to you. Right, right. So, you know, there are so many technical skills, and budgeting is insane. You can't scrape together a brewery a decent brewery without insane amounts of money. You get what you pay for. You absolutely get what you pay for. There is absolutely not a free lunch in beer. Yeah. No. See, Every time we bought a cheap second-hand piece of equipment, we ended up scrapping it and just not even selling it back, <laughs> buying one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. You know, you got to try as a startup. I know the deal. You have to try to cut corners. You got to do it. But I agree with, with Mazen here. You... 
it ends up you're better off just spending the money to begin with. And back to the the difficulty in stepping up, I just want to say, for the record here, that's why I think that half of the breweries that come on this show and say they never dumped a batch of beer are full of shit. Oh, you know, yeah. They come and they go, oh, no, no, we were, we were good you know, right from the beginning. You're full of shit. <laughs> you know. Bullshit. Anyone who's been good from the beginning... If if anyone has been truly good from the beginning, I'll stuff feathers up my ass. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Great. I'm gonna go search for one right now. Yeah. Uh, oh fuck! Screwed now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree with you because it, so you know even guys that, that we know here, like um, you know, let's take uh, Jamil for example. Just open uh, one of our guys does shows all the time. Opens up a new brewery. Uh, I don't think he he. In fact, I know he didn't he didn't dump the batch, but. But his first batch was was riddled with problems too, and, yeah. and he's been he's one of the best home brewers on the planet. And uh, you know, scale up to a commercial system, shit happens, and he knew that. And uh, that's why I just think uh, I just I like that you're saying it because yeah. a lot of people just come out and go, ah, oh, it's fine. I was a brewer, and it's it's just brewing beer. And in principle, yes, but in practice, no. Even if you're a brewer with a big brewery, and then you go open up on your own, hell, even if you're a brewer with a big brewery, you still will dump batches. Yeah, yeah. Well, I agree. Yeah, and I think it helps to know that, especially as a even as a home brewer. I mean, you can even scale that down to home brewer. It helps to know as a home brewer, you're going to fuck up, and every time, and you're going to fuck up huge. Every time yeah, I've upgraded my system, yeah, it's like a whole new brew day for me. Like I'm of, starting of from scratch again. Yeah, your numbers are going to be pretty much off. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, you know, so if you just go through it, we kind of you know blase about it. like, well, whatever. It's going to happen. I know that. I'm waiting for it. And it's not going to like shorten your life by ten years because you freak <laughs> so out about stressed it. out about it. Yeah, it's like hey, shit happens. Whatever. All right. You know, I was I was talking to Gary Fish from from the shoots, and Gary said something to me, and I thought, my God, he's absolutely right. They moved from a dry mill to a wet mill. I mean, as hmm. simple as that, and it changed the characteristics of their beer. Okay. Wow. They had to bring in another dry mill just for to go back to the original. Because it, it, it had that much of an impact. I mean, the way you mill, the, the extraction you'll get, the, the kind of steps and how quickly you get there, just the kind of agitation you do, everything changes. I mean, people kind of forget the, the experiment when, you know, same batch, two barrels, one in the basement, one on the roof, two different beers. Yeah. And it's the same. Every time we move up a system, and this is our third system, we moved from a pilot, uh, you know, a twenty-gallon system to a, a ten-barrel system to a thirty-five-barrel system, and every time we move up, all the parameters change, and it takes time to to adjust to them. Sure. Uh, back to ingredients, real quick. Question from the chat room: Beardy is in there. Uh, Two-part question: Where do you get your yeast, and do you use liquid or dry yeast out there? I actually uh, use dry yeast. Interesting. I'll tell you why I use dry yeast. Because we don't have a yeast propagation lab yet. Okay. Um, and we don't have any yeast banks. We're the first brewery in the whole of the Middle East. And so to fly in uh, uh, liquid yeast was going to be impossible. Um, nice. Simply because of the transit time. So we, we have to go with dry yeast. So, so what do you do? You get the dry yeast and then do you have a small vessel where you propagate and start that yeast for pitching? Absolutely. We just yeah. hydrate and, and, and start that yeast for pitching. Okay. But we then use the same general... We reuse the yeast over and over and over until we we're unhappy with its uh, performance and dump it. And do you use multiple strains of yeast or do you just have like a lager yes. and an ale? 
We have a logger and a nail. That's all we use. Just a two. Okay. Did we hear yeah. where, where did it, where does it come from? You you want to excite uh, the beer geeks out there? I can tell you a sneak preview of our batch zero three that we're doing with a, with a vineyard. Yeah, let's do it. Um, about two years ago, we wanted to celebrate uh, the anniversary of the brewery, and I brewed a beer that was forty um, percent white grape juice, ten percent raisins, ten percent uh, wheat, forty percent barley. Fermented that using an ale yeast to about eight, eight, nine percent, and then put in a champagne yeast to take it to fifteen, mm. and aged it. Just it in- turned out to be amazing. Really? Wow. Did you just age it in uh, in stainless steel or uh, in bottle? Yeah, it's yeah. aged actually. Back then, it was aged in a plastic fermenter because that was the scale that we were brewing on. Wow. That sounds like a tasty uh, beer. <laughs> so, but this time we're, we're collaborating with a local vineyard. Uh, we're going to use local uh, white grape, uh, which are only indigenous to Lebanon, and we're going to age them in wine, white wine oak barrels. Okay, sounds great. <laughs> sounds great. I love the finishing with the champagne yeast too, because not just to to drive up the alcohol, like you said, but I really like the character of beers that Absolutely. are finished with champagne it's, it's yeast. Yeah. Yeah, and it's going to be a wine-like beer anyway, so it should yeah. have that sort of finish on it. Yeah. 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 But it still had very strong beer characteristics. I mean, I think the raisins add more to the body because yeah. The, yeah. The, the grape juice ferments right out almost. Yeah. So the, the raisins and the, and the wheat kind of add more, more texture and more body to it. Oh, that's Man, awesome. You talk about the UK being like a, uh, you know, all, all the rich history of beer. Mm-hmm. And then you go to somewhere like the Middle East, and it has nothing on it, man. <laughs> right, where it was, like you said, you know, invented, yeah. it, essentially. It, it's got to be a good feeling to kind of bring that back and show everyone, this is beer now. Yeah. You know? I don't know. It, it, it's a feel-good you know, story. What, what we tried to do was not so much dig up the history and try and find ancient texts and make yeah. ancient beers, because that's already been done. Right. Yeah, we what know people- Sam Caligioni, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we saw the TV show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I've seen that. I've seen that somewhere. I saw an ad for that. Yeah. No, I mean, Sam is a great guy and he's done a lot for beer. I, as someone I highly respect. I love the guy with, with all my heart. Yeah. But um, what we're trying to do is we're, we're trying to add more of a local. We're picking out local herbs and local flavors, which won't be available anywhere else in the world. I mean, we're not just another couple of guys who got high on our own supply and hated Budweiser and started the brewery in Colorado. Not yeah. that, that that's a bad thing. We, <laughs> right. That's a great thing, actually. But we have a unique story which has a bit more depth to that. I mean, Lebanon kind of lost its beer history thanks to French colonialism. And we all know what French beer is like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. That's good. So we, we've become wine drinkers rather than beer drinkers, although we invented the stuff. I, I mean, the, the, the first traces of beer were from this region. So it's kind of, it's kind of a, a, a trip of, of national... I mean, 961 is the telephone code for Lebanon. Okay, that was my it, question it's, about that too. It's a statement of identity. We're very proud of being Lebanese. We're the new face of Lebanon. We're the cool side of Lebanon. And we're trying to do something different with an old tradition of ours yeah well take that suit off before you become the new face of lebanon will you (laughs) you don't like my suit (laughs) no yeah he says he wants a tuxedo instead yeah yeah, tuxedo 
Uh, I, I'll happily oblige next time. I mean, <laughs> you see the haircut on that damn thing? I just like such a fine boy. <laughs> Where is it? Now I gotta yeah, see. Yeah, it. Now you gotta look. it's a little blurry there, but uh, oh yeah, it's real pixelated. Get the idea. <laughs> yeah, you get the, the idea. I, I look like a complete bum now. I've got a beard, long hair. I look like a tree hugging hippie. You're a brewer. That's what exactly. you look like. Exactly, he became yeah. a brewer. He's, he's actually occupying Lebanon now. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I'm just hugging the hell out of everything that moves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> well, I like this part of the story. I really do. The the homecoming, the new face of, of, of Lebanon. And I think and I mean this is cheesy too, but I don't give a shit. Beer is a great ambassador for that. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a nice product for that kind of a message. That's what I think. It's just a, it fits. It's good. Yeah. You know, just you know that uh, take an example of the question that was asked. How do you sell beer to Muslims? I mean, just by selling beer, already you're breaking down that misconception about the region. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's as simple as that. Beer is this amazing thing that brings people together. Not in the way that wine does. I mean, wine is great, but wine has a, has a snobby attitude around it. Yeah. Yeah. Beer I- is much more laid back. It's, it's much more democratic. And it's, it's, it's much easier to sit there and have a few and, and get hammered and, and, uh, you know, rub my lamp, rub your lamp, whatever the hell. <laughs> right. Hey, let's rub each other's lamp. Dude. Play, I don't even care anymore. Play gay chicken yeah. with beer. You can't do that with wine. No. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that with wine. Wine, you've got to be really pompous and shove the wine. Right. right. Yeah, and there's no way you can have a beard and make wine. No, that's illegal. I think it's illegal. I don't know many winemakers that have beards. Well, on that note, uh, so another one of our listeners in the chat room, uh, his name is Fierce Beard. He says, hey, you know, this isn't really about brewing, but uh, I was wondering... If uh, Mazen looks at himself and his brewery as a sort of ambassador between Western and Middle Eastern cultures, is is that part of your message too? Uh, I think it's it's part of the Lebanese identity. We've always been kind of a mix and match of both. Okay, I mean Lebanon is standing right there on the edge of the Mediterranean, twenty minutes away from Cyprus, an hour's flight away from Rome, and uh, in the other direction, two hours away from Dubai, three hours away from Dubai. So it is at that crossroads. And because it's, it's half Christian, half Muslim, and it, because it's, it's such a varied, culturally varied uh, place, it's just become natural for us to kind of embrace Western brewing traditions and kind of add a little Middle Eastern flavor to our beers. I, I mean, there's a lot of beers in the pipeline coming out. We've, we now have five beers out. We recently released a Pilsner. And you want to know what? Brewing a Pilsner kicked my ass. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Why, just temperature control issues or what? No, 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 no. I mean, you know, uh, a lot of craft beer in the U.S. Um, hides behind a ton of hops and flavor and blah, blah, blah. Right. And and that masks a lot of imperfections in, in your brewing process. Yeah. When you brew a Pilsner, there is absolutely no hiding. Your pants are down. That's it. You're naked <laughs> yeah. and you can hide it. Right. Well, I tell new new brewers they should brew light beers. A lot of them start, you know, doing Russian imperial stouts. Sure. And then they, everything hides behind that kind of thing. Yeah. But I say make light beers. You'll really get your craft down. Then make those big beers. They'll be even better. Yeah. Well, you I- asked about, you asked us to name one thing about those big brewers that is positive. Yeah. It's they actually mm-hmm. technically brew an amazing beer. Never mind it tastes like shit. <laughs> you're you're yeah, right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd even say that a lot of craft brewers in America don't actually truly make 
lagers. They'll call it a Pilsner or a Hellas, but you taste it, and it's not. it wasn't lagered. I mean, it was maybe fermented cold with an ale yeast at 60 degrees, but it's not yeah. truly a Pilsner. Yeah. No. And, and you want to take it to the next level? Try pasteurizing your Pilsner. Right. So what, dro- what happens to it? What is the flavor change when you pasteurize a Pilsner? Well, if you, if you go anywhere beyond 0.1 part per million dissolved oxygen, your oxidization is almost instantaneous. I mean, literally okay. a month or a month and a half into the bottle, if you're not cold storing, your beer is off. It can go dark brown with heavy butterscotch flavor. I see. Sounds wow. great. Just really accelerating the process. Like dramatically, I mean, that's the, that's the downside of pasteurization is it accelerates oxidization. But if you manage your dissolved oxygen, which is a complete headache. Which you should be doing anyway, though, you know. Exactly, exactly, exactly. That's why most, most people who say, oh, pasteurization is crap, it affects the flavor. It's because you idiots aren't managing your dissolved oxygen. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, aerated water, you know, for, uh, pushing beer with water, making sure that the Pipes are de-aerated. It, it, it is a nightmare to do all this stuff. Yeah. It really, it really peels off any imperfections that you have in your brewing process. Hmm. And so to, to help us introduce our more tasty red ales and porters and stuff that we've been brewing, we kind of brew the Pilsner. But again, in Lebanon, because we've, we've had this French idea of beer, and the French have a blonde beer and a dark beer. Right. There's the only country on earth where you can ask for a dark beer or a blonde beer. Okay. Interesting. Um, so, yeah. You're like on a sitcom in the 60s. I'll have a beer, please. Oh, here you go. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. So what we had to do was we, we basically introduced a separate brand called Lebanese Brew hmm. uh, or LB, which is the internet country code for Lebanon. So all our internet pages end up end with .com.lb. Okay. So... So we had we introduced LB as a pilsner, and the idea behind that is to break that hold of 85 years of one beer. Here, try something different, which isn't brewed using corn, which doesn't have caramel food coloring or silica gel to hold up its foam, or sulfates, or any of this crap, or stabilizers. This is a real pilsner brewed the traditional German way. Yeah, right here in your own country. Yeah, and 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 so now we have six beers, but the pipeline is coming out. We're going to be doing all these b- new brewmaster selects. We're also going to be doing a set of seasonals, and we're going to be expanding our regulars. So our next one is we're going to reintroduce also our imperial uh, uh, stout, which is brewed with coffee. We called extract coffee, espresso coffee, and then add it in the fermentation. So that you don't get much of the bitterness, you just get the aromatics and the flavoring. Yeah, I really want to try some of these beers. I know. Well, before I plan our trip to Beirut, <laughs> I, I do have an important question. It's probably the most important question of this interview. Um, are there strip clubs in Beirut? Absolutely. Oh, really? Okay, we'll be there. Well, that's yeah. sealed the deal. Yeah, that's all I needed to know. I don't travel if there no aren't way. strip clubs. We call them super nightclubs. <laughs> super. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to start calling the strip clubs that here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it is. They have music, but just with boobs jiggling. That's it's a, a super, super nightclub. Club. Right. Exactly. It's weird because you have nightclubs and then you have super nightclubs. <laughs> I love it. Now, is your, beer, is your beer sold in any of these super nightclubs? 
Uh, no, but if you let me know which one you're heading to, I can make sure that we'll send some down. <laughs> oh, well, you'll about. have to tell me which one I'm headed to. I always go by the local recommendation. But yes, I would like to be able to drink 961 in a Beirut strip club. Super and you know, you club. don't need the visa to, to come into Lebanon as an American. You can just enter the country at, uh, at, the, at the airport. Oh, is that right? Really? Can we can we leave the same way? See, yeah, absolutely, dude. Right. No, you can't leave. Actually, well, I don't know. There. I need to know. The, I need to trick. know an escape route everywhere I am. <laughs> this in is case how, I just get freaked out and I gotta go. This is actually how Mazen keeps. Down. Down. I've, I've got a newspaper that you can hold for a nice photo opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> you a, do you have a, a flag you can put behind me too? Absolutely, and a nice little big sword. <laughs> Isn't that the image that everyone has of this place? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I thought your label would be. I mean, I was going to... The funny part is the New York Times picked us the best destination on Earth in 2009. We were picked by Condonesti Traveler in 2010 as one of the three destinations on Earth to visit. Wow. See, we don't know those things. I no. just, I'm still not convinced you're not a terrorist, Mazen. Yeah, am I allowed on this trip? Yeah. I will drown you in beer in two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, no. I want to go. Yeah. Uh, this is now, I'm, I'm being serious, Beirut is now, I think, moved to the top of my list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sounds good. good. And it's close. Close to, it's close to Greece. We can go see, you, you and I will go. Yeah. We'll go see my family. The, you know that yeah. uh, uh, you can't drive to Beirut from here. Can't? No. Do you fucking yeah, with you me? Have Shut take, up. You have to take a train. <laughs> you almost had me. You yeah. almost had me, dude. You have to get in that aluminum tube, JP. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's or you can get on the aluminum uh, half tube. The boat? Oh, it's there a, you go. It's a bumpy sea ride. <laughs> I'll see you guys in four months. <laughs> I'll meet you there. Right. In the back of a container like an illegal immigrant. <laughs> Uh, here's a couple more questions coming through. Um, Eagle Dude in the chat room wants to know, uh, I, I guess you, you'll be the expert, uh, who drinks more, the Christians or the Muslims? Uh, you know what? That's, that's a complete misconception. It, it, that in Lebanon, you're not going to get a Christian and a Muslim separation. It's basically Lebanese. Gotcha. So we're all so sitting in the bar there, together. There isn't Muslim Lebanese coexisting with the Christian Lebanese. It's just all Lebanese. Understood. Okay. Here's a beer question from uh, Hughes. Huesel. I don't know his name. Uh, what were the IBUs you were shooting for in that Pilsner you were talking about? Ah, I, I actually had a slightly lower alcohol Pilsner. Um, we, we did uh, a 4.3 ABV. Yeah. Um, which even strips it more. Um, and we shot, I think, for 20 to 25 IBUs. Okay, so it's yeah, it's on the mild side of a of a pilsner. Yeah, but uh, but again, remember what I'm trying to do with this pilsner is to kind of show off what a, a light lager pilsner should be. Yeah. Okay. So I'm kind of showing them that you don't need to use corn, you don't need to use caramel. I mean, seriously, Heineken and its local and uh, its local beer uses caramel. Really? Coloring. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. Because they use 30% of their malt grain is, is corn. Right. So you're not getting that uh, deep yellow color they're looking for. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Now, your regular beers are a wit beer, a porter, a red ale, and a lager. What's your best-selling beer? Um, a red ale, funnily enough. Is that right? And can you tell us a little bit about that beer? What, uh, what does the malt it's- bill look like? <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, it's 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 got quite a lot of specialty malts in it, so it's got a very so- strong malt backbone. Okay. 
Uh, you pick up quite significant caramel on the mouth because I use a lot of Crystal 60s. All right. Um, all my malt comes from Weirmann in Germany. Good choice. Um, so I don't have a I mean, the, the equivalent of that would be Karamunach. Um, so uh, we use Pilsner as our base malt. Um, it's it's um, uh, bitter hopped with pearly and then um, uh, Cascade and Amarello to finish off. Is so pearly you your main uh, bittering hop for all your beers? I've heard yeah, you mention it a couple I times. I like it. It's a subtle. It's not as harsh. Yeah. And it offers better control than, than a lot of the other uh, hops that, that I've used for bittering. I'd like to try it as a bittering hop. For, a, I've never used it. It's pretty neutral. It's, it's a like, great bittering hop. Yeah. Exactly. It's a great bittering hop. I absolutely agree. It is neutral, so you can then really accentuate all the flavor, all the right flavors that you want. You're finished. Okay. I mean, the red ale has a, has a lychee, passion fruit, peach mm. nose. And it's it's uh, it's about thirty five to forty five IBUs in the finish. Sounds good. Yeah, five point five ABV. See, even it, you can drink that, JP. I can totally drink that. Five point five. You'll be okay. I'll be all over. It's important it. for me to make. You know, now there is this obsession in the U.S. with session beers, and people set themselves the ridiculous goals. Like I'm going to do flavorful beer at four point five or less ABV. Yes. I personally say, look. Uh, the reason why craft beer came about was because we were s- sick of these crappy beers that we were being offered. Yeah. And the risk is if we don't offer drinkable beers that people enjoy, that are flavorful, that are an alternative, but th- that don't do things for the sake of doing them, then we are going to risk failing as well. So I, I, the whole philosophy of 961 is we don't do a, a, a hop addition in the mash ton just so that we can claim we added another 10 IBUs above the next guy. <laughs> right. We don't do these things. I mean, unless it really serves an interest and, and a purpose in the beer, we avoid adding complications. Some of the best things in life are simple, but they are complex enough to keep us interested in coming back for more. Got it. I like this philosophy. All right, Dark Alex in the chat room wants to know if That's you've racist. ever brewed with saffron as a spice. Funnily enough, no, not yet, but I do intend to quite soon. Where we are, we have something in the planning. Okay, I haven't. I've, I've brewed with a lot of spices. I mean, I've done some really crazy stuff. I did a Christmas ale which had honey from cedar trees. Now, this is the most expensive honey you can get your hands on in Lebanon. It's about fifty dollars to a kilogram, wow. which is wow. two pounds. <clears throat> but we brewed this beer, and um, with that and um, a, a bit of um, liqueurs extra, uh, liquor extracts, um, we've done a pumpkin ale with a with a which doesn't taste like a pumpkin pie, but tastes more of a beer with a strong pumpkin presence. Um, we've we've done we've done a lot of experimentation. I mean, we've done some sour cherries. We've done all sorts of herbs. All sorts of spices. Um, again, we avoid kind of the gimmicks. Like I, I would not put too much chili in my beer. Right. <laughs> you, know, you know those sorts of things that I find to be more on the gimmicky side. Right. Uh, the new beer from nine six one nacho cheese beer <laughs> uh, coming out next next month. Totally. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. No, I'm with you. I do like the philosophy that you, you know, if it has a purpose, you're not against using odd ingredients, or but it's it's to serve a purpose. You're really looking to bring out that flavor. You're not looking for a headline. Uh, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, some of these guys are, are you know, I, 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 I am a big fan of Brewdog. I think they make some amazing <laughs> yeah. beers. Right. But, but I, some of the beers they make are absolutely undrinkable. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Not ex- stuff. Excluding the one that they shoved up the squirrel's ass. I mean, that was a really good beer. That must have been great. You know. Yeah. I actually had that beer. Do you? He did? We didn't bother. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, like, like uh, there's a lot of great craft brewers out there who are doing really amazing stuff. Yeah. That can still grab your attention. I mean, you know, Dogfish Head is one of my favorite ones. Um, I have a lot of respect for the shoots. I mean, these guys make Black Boot Porter, which is one of my favorite beers. Great beer. Yeah. Great beer, and they consistently make a damn good beer. Right. Um, Brooklyn Brewery makes great beer. I'm naming some of the big ones, but I also love Avery. Yeah. I love, um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's so much variety out there. But it's, what you're saying is exactly why I, I agree with this philosophy. The reason I'll try anything that Deschutes makes, any yeah. of their experimental beers, is because black Butte Porter is an amazing beer all the time. Right. So I know that they love and know how to make good beer. Yeah. So I'll try anything they make. It's but it's because of that beer. It's not because of the headline. It's not because of whatever crazy ingredient. It's because of their standard beer. That's true. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think I mean you know you can you can make your you can get your name out there doing crazy beers, but you have to have the consistent beers to right. back it up, and you have to have quality beers to back that up, or else you're just going to be a flash in the pan. Yep. And and remember that all these crazy headlines disappear very quickly. No one really remembers the last idiot who who jacked up. I don't know, who puts his socks into the beer. <laughs> right, I agree. You know, with you. It was people me. remember Brooklyn Brewery because they made the Brooklyn Lager. Yeah, and they made it damn well. And when people were making water, they were making a pretty good lager. Yeah, and they still make the same lager, but they now do more exp- more 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 uh, flavorful stuff. But you keep coming back to them. It is much more difficult to make a name for yourself with a beer like a porter or, or, or a lager. It is much more difficult. Yeah. yeah. But right. once you do, you're set. You're in there. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Well, Mazen, listen, it has been a pleasure to talk to you and learn about 961. You have, you do have a great story, and uh, I need to try this beer. So if I don't make it, sure. if I don't make it over there first, keep us up to date about when you start exporting. Um, yeah. I will definitely. I mean, we're just now going through the label approvals from the TTB. Okay, so we should be there quite soon. Right. Well, I, I'm telling you, if you put this picture of you on the bottle, uh, <laughs> it'll slide right through. TTB will say, yeah. "Awesome." I'll they'll say, "I'll pixel it like that and everything." They'll say, "Look at w- what a what a respectable young Lebanese man he is." Uh, <laughs> we'll put his- what a financial whiz kid! From Lebanon. <laughs> yeah, that's what they'll he say. Has no, you know, he doesn't remind us of all those corrupt bankers who took the world to shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. You don't These remind us do at all. Yeah. You're right. Uh, well, good. I, I I hope that you get through it. Um, it looks like we have a phone call for you, uh, real quick. Does he want to talk to uh, Mazin before we get? Out? Okay, I believe that uh, Sam Calagioni is on the is on uh, the line. Uh, Sam, are you with us? Yeah. Hey, Justin, how you doing? Uh, we're doing good, Sam. How are you? Did you want to talk to uh, to Mazin? Yeah, I had a. I just want to say, hey, Mazin, how you doing? How are you? 
Hey, I'm doing all right. Um, I just I just got really excited. I was listening uh, before the big game here. You know, we're uh, big Giants and Patriots fans out here in the East Coast. Of course, I'm in my uh, SR-71 Blackhawk right now. Right. Uh, actually, actually heading the Middle East. Uh, as a matter of fact. Wow. But uh, I was just curious about local ingredients. I had a few questions about some of the ingredients I was about to put in one of my new beers. Okay. And see what see what uh, see what you thought. Shoot. Um, Anything. <clears throat> What's that? Hey, uh, go ahead. Anything? Well, well, I was looking at uh, beginning with an alfalfa extract, and then uh, getting some. This is uh, this is going to be mostly uh, a little bit of malt, but mostly spice beer this time. Okay. And uh, I'm going to start with alfalfa extract, uh, a little bit of two row, um, amber ambergris tincture, uh, ammonium bicarbonate. Um, looking into using some basil oil for this one and um, some white beeswax. Uh, there's a few other. I'm looking at uh, camphene and canago oil. These are two things I'm picking up when I'm in the Middle East. And uh, guar gum is another. You talk about stability. I was thinking about uh, using some guar gum in this one and some hexanol. And uh, what I was. Sam, uh, how are you, how are you going to uh, infuse the, the the wax into a beer? I mean, that seems like impossible, right? Are you going to make the bottle out of wax, or what are you going to do? Is, is, that, is that JP? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm not finished. Oh, sorry. Go go on. <laughs> oh, wow. <all> right. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so isobutric acid, um, some jasmine, concrete, and oil. Um, Lemon oil and extract. Um, I was going to get into some smoke flavor for this one, uh, along with some snake root oil. Uh, not really used <laughs> in a lot of beers. Snake root oil is but, really uh, great in the beer. <laughs> it sounds it sounds fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds awesome. Well, well, we're we're running it through a uh, hydrolyzer, and uh, we're going to go ahead and run that through a vaporizer before we put it in. Uh, and the Randall. And the Randall. Yes, Randall. That yes. Uh, we're going to Randall. Of course, everything goes through the Randall before it hits the bottle. Um, <laughs> we're looking at putting sugars, tannic acid. Um, tobacco extracts. Um, <laughs> we're also getting into some urea. Uh, valencine. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. It's pretty popular in the... Uh, of course, Vaseline, yes. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, I'm, I'm not finished. Um, oh, go on. Oh, um, we're going to put water in this one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How but much? we're going to do something... Well, we're going to go a 50-50 water-vinegar mix. Okay. Um, we are adding xanthan gum and uh, wine and wine sherry for this one. And um, we're going to ferment this in the, in a wild mountain cat's uh, stomach lining. <laughs> oh, my God. Whatever, you, whatever imagination you had coming up with that list. Yeah. Dude, well, I, that is phenomenal. Usually, it tastes amazing. It sounds like it's going to taste amazing. Yeah. I think the snake well, oil root will really carry the concrete yeah, flavor. Yeah. I mean, I think the <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, the, but the concrete the, the concrete is for that good beer backbone that it's people always right. talk about. I, it's for mouthfeel. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they think the oil and the wax are going to marry really well. They're adding vinegar. Right. Well, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm sure you can imagine that we're running out of new uh, ingredients out here, Dogfish Head. So... <laughs> I'm scouring the world, most uh, you know, building building areas, um, construction we areas. We don't have oil uh, in Lebanon, but our neighbors do. Right, <laughs> <laughs> okay. so it'll be fine. So well, I mean, if you pop by, we can drive over and get some. <laughs> you, can you know pl- what? I, I would I'd appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. 
You could fly that so, SR-71 yeah. Just, just a swing higher. by in the Blackbird yeah. and pick them up. Yeah. Well, that's why I got the uh, one of the most state-of-the-art um, aircraft from the 60s. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, I just want to run by those those natural ingredients to, for our next beer. It's called Radial RA-07. It's, uh, we're going <laughs> to <for> a tire. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I'm working closely with Hankook, which is a uh, tire manufacturer. So we're going we're gonna to actually serve it out of a, a tire. Uh, <laughs> you could do that with Dunlop. It would be more original. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, well, I appreciate the the airtime, Justin. And uh, hey, you know what? Uh, go Dolphins! Right. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. I love you. Uh, there you go, uh, Sam Calagione, Everybody uh, talking about his new beer here with Mazin. Who wanted your opinion, Mazin? That's uh, that's a lot of respect, I think. Yeah. I think it it tastes it's going to taste amazing. Yeah, I mean, like whatever it, yeah. Sam does is going to taste amazing. That's pretty much what happened, <laughs> right? Especially the concrete backbone with a bit of vinegar. Oh, and poured yeah. from a tire, <laughs> Jesus! Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Poured, it's I, better I mean, than a red. I mean, if you're going to stick a bottle up a skunk's ass, you may as well pour it from a tire. Yeah, why not? One hundred percent. Go to nine six one beer dot com and check out Mazin's beer right there. Uh, fantastic story. And uh, I can't wait to try it. Thank you again for spending time with us today, man. I love you guys. All right, Thanks, brother. Mazen. Take care. Oh, man. There we go. Uh, Mazen Hajar. And uh, what a great story. Uh, what a great brewery. Um, I can't wait to try the stuff. And uh, that was a lot more fun. I'm glad we yeah. got him on the show because, uh, you know, the GABF interview that we did was uh, pretty short and it's very distracting over there. So it was nice to just get to hear him talk about why he did the brewery. And so yeah. much has changed in the three years since that happened. Yeah. 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 Uh, cool guy. What a story. <laughs> okay. I think we got a uh, 2012 BNA Best Guest nominee already. I think, oh, yeah. I think so, yeah. It's usually one of our first guests of the year mm-hmm. that uh, get into that category, actually. I don't know how that happens, but but it does. All right, here's what we're going to do. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, I've got a couple of things that I need to talk about. Um, We'll do our Drunk of the Week. We'll wrap up our um, Twitter game of the week. Got some good ones, too. And, uh, yeah, I got just a couple of good things that we need to do. Uh, Meanwhile, at this break, uh, I have a special thing happening for you. What? Well, Fiercebeard wrote us a Drunk of the Week song, and he sent it in. So, really? so huh. since we're about to do Drunk of the Week when we come back, I'll play you the song right now here at the break. So here's Fierce Beard's new Drunk of the Week song, 888-401-BEER. If you're already drunk getting ready for the Super Bowl, then we want your phone call. We'll be out of here in about 20 minutes. So I'll be right back after this break. Since the sun came up Started with bloodies in a coffee cup I'm seeing double mind, but that's alright You know I gotta be the drunk of the week tonight Hey, yeah Alright Shit that I drank I prepared a funny story About my hot liquor tank I'll put my woman on She'll tell you I'm right Cause she knows that I'm the drunk Of the week tonight Hey, yeah, hey, 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 hey. 
to Scott the Jew. He ain't no Bebo, but he's still alright. And he knows that I'm the drunk of the week tonight. Hey, yeah, hey, hey, hey. Oh, oh, alright. As that guy last week I brought it stronger Than the rest of the flight And you know that I'm The drunk of the week Tonight Hey, yeah, hey, hey, hey. Oh, 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 dreamed about attending the World Brewing Academy? This year, thanks to Lalamond and Danstar, one lucky brewer will make that dream a reality for free. Lalamond and Danstar invite you to enter the Beer School 2012 contest. One lucky grand prize winner will receive fully paid tuition in the 2012 World Brewing Academy web-based concise course in brewing technology worth more than $3,000. From now until April 12, 2012, every Danstar yeast package you use is your ticket to enter. Visit danstaryeast.com for the details and to print your official entry form. There's no limit on the number of times you can enter, so get brewing with Danstar and get your entries in to the Danstar 2012 Beer School Contest. Whether you want to build your home brewing skills or build a career as a professional brewer, this course will change the way you think of beer and brewing. Enter at danstaryeast.com and get the dry yeast advantage with Danstar and Lalamond Premium Brewing Yeast and enter to win. By popular vote from the Northwest Brewing News, HopTech has been voted the best homebrew shop in Northern California. Serving homebrewers for nearly 30 years in Dublin, California, HopTech carries more than 40 different kinds of hops and more than 60 different grains. Malt extract, spices and sugars, hop oils and extracts. Open every day except Wednesday or shop online anytime at HopTech.com or call 1-800-DRY-HOPS, 1-800-379-4677. With in-store classes almost every Saturday, huge selection and a dedicated commitment to their customers, HopTech is one of the longest-running and passionate homebrew stores, period. And now, by popular vote, the best homebrew shop in Northern California. And don't forget their 15% military discount. HopTech. Visit today at HopTech.com. Here, Blickman Engineering. Think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand. 
conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. In my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contract, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your fing face right the f off your fing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special secret elite bare-bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W NicoBrew, your bare-bones buddy in the brewing business.
It's another round of the Brewing Network's announcements. These are for Sunday, February 5th. First up, the Cass River Homebrew Club is happy to announce the 5th annual Homebrew at the Web competition. That's World Expo Beers. Entries will be accepted February 6th through the 19th, and judging will take place at Sullivan's Black Forest Brewhouse in Frankenmuth, Michigan, between March 2nd and March 4th, with the award ceremony on Sunday afternoon. This is a BJCP-sanctioned competition, accepting all categories. The Best of Show Beer gets a $1,000 gift card, and the Best of Show Meter Cider gets $500. There'll be many additional prizes for entrants and volunteers, and none other than John Palmer will judge and do a special presentation Saturday evening for the volunteers. Also, Gordon Strong will be judging your meads and doing book signings throughout the weekend. To sign up to judge or steward, or for more info on entry fees, hotel discounts, etc., please visit crhpc.org. You ever wondered what separates a truly world-class brew from a mediocre one? Find out by enrolling in Beer Judging 101 in Berkeley, California on the last day of San Francisco Beer Week. That's Sunday, February 19th. You'll sample and compare a number of world-class examples, discuss ingredients, brewing processes, world beer styles, the effects of aging, and much more. Expand your understanding of beer flavors and learn about the Beer Judge Certification Program. It's 30 bucks, and it'll be hosted by the Pyramid Alehouse in Berkeley. Space is limited, so sign up today at tinyurl.com forward slash class 12 Finally this week... America's Finest Homebrew Competition 2012, hosted by the Quality Ale and Fermentation Fraternity, is taking place March 2nd and 3rd in San Diego, California. The entry window is February 8th through the 22nd. This competition is a Masters Championship of Amateur Brewing qualifying event. Medals will be awarded to the first, second, and third place finishers in each category, as well as special awards for Best of Show and for The Brewing Machine, which is the homebrewer that wins the most awards from all categories. Visit quaff.org, Q-U-A-F-F, for all the details. That wraps it up for this week. As always, if you'd like a spot in this segment, please email your competitions to scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. And until next time, this is Scott the Jew saying L'Chaim. In the past few days, I've been seriously reconsidering my participation on Facebook.
It's been a long time coming, but I guess I just realized how insane that thing is. <laughs> Facebook has become a dumpster for our lives that we just keep feeding, throwing the fat that we trim off of our lives into it. Go ahead. Look at your feed. Notice how 98% of it is all white noise, nonsense, meaningless gibberish. Beyond the I'm eating sausage LOL comments, most of the stuff people post about themselves is literal waste. Yeah. Chances are, if you're my friend on Facebook, I have your feed hidden. <laughs> Why did I add you as a friend then? Because I would feel guilty rejecting you, just like I feel guilty unfriending you. I use Facebook as a way to gain popularity. There, I said it. And it feels good to be honest about it. In fact, many people post something some witty, something witty and attempts to be liked by people they've never met. And most of all, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm reading anymore. I'm a terrible reader. That's a pretty good uh, blog post you just wrote. You just wrote, <laughs> read, wrote, read. So, so Jip posted this week on his, uh, by the way, you yeah, can go right to uh, moderndaymerrick.blogspot.com. Uh, it's a smart joke. All the time. Yeah. And um, read JP's blog. And there's also banners there you can click. And now that I've got the niceties out of the way. <laughs> what a piece of garbage. JP, what are you doing with this Facebook nonsense? I don't know. I'm exploring my options as a, as a human being in, in the digital society. What'd you do? You unfriended a bunch of people this week? Yeah, like 230 people. Really? Do you have to do yeah. that one by one? Yeah, it's really... You have, you have to scroll through the thing and Facebook will only show you like three lines at a time. So you have to scroll down and wait for it to refresh and scroll down and find someone I have never heard of or seen ever. You sound like you need a job, JP. <laughs> you need a job. <laughs> I do. I guess that's what it is. If I had less time to You're worry about it... creating your own job. Yeah. If I, I had less I'll time to worry Facebook about today. it, then I'm not going to worry about it. You should it, right? post a job ad is what you should. <laughs> it's true. Here's my concern, uh, JP. Yeah. Who cares about the Facebook right. friends? And, like, you're not sharing all that much on Facebook anyway. I worry that you care. It worries me. No, I don't, I don't like, uh, like really sit up at nights going, how many friends do I have? Or, or, no, you know, I know that. Or whatever. No, no, no. I feel bad for those people. But you're worried about, like, you're, in other words, you're looking to weed out people from your feed so that you don't have to block them and so that they don't see, you don't want to share your life with them because yeah. you don't know them. But my whole thing is... It's Facebook. You're really only sh- sharing your life with me and Taryn. That's it. Yeah, well, no, there's <laughs> Maybe like... push on occasion. There was like 830 people on my Facebook. And but you're not like, sharing your life on Facebook. You're uh, posting yeah. a couple things. You're posting just well, like everybody else. I don't know. I, th- Those... I, th- I think what I post is, is sometimes can be personal, and sometimes I censor myself yeah. because I don't want to be too personal to all these people that I don't know. I see. But there's stuff I would like to share, and in my opinion, I think Facebook is 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 very much a, a way to connect with friends and family. But and now that you've put out 230 people, yeah, that I've what never are you left heard with? Of. What are you left with? Like 650 people. You don't people. know these people either. No, and I'm still trying to <laughs> come down. But I also want, I don't know, like, I don't know. I just want to give my circle a little more tight. People that I interact with, you know, if people, yeah. I know I know a lot of the people I cut probably had me hid because they've never commented on anything or whatever. So, I, I don't know. I, I guess I was thinking one day uh, when I was real depressed, why um, <laughs> this kind of thing we have in the world of like why we can't, why we feel bad about, we feel obligated to friend someone who requests us. Right. And then we feel bad about unfriending them, but we'll hide them from our feed. So, you have this like ghost friend. I don't know. It's just weird. It's weird to me, well, and I I'm, didn't like it. it. Kind of the whole thing kind of creeped me out. The only thing, the only thing that I differ with you uh, yeah. is that um, I just don't care. I'll friend them or unfriend them. Uh, I get the guilt thing, but yeah. 
I, I just, I guess it's just Facebook. So I don't give a shit if they're my friend or not. Like, I'll, I'll friend anybody. Fucking yeah. Joe asks. Sometimes I think that I might be friending some racist, like, prick somewhere that I don't even know. Like, like uh, if I ever want to run for public office, what if they go through my feed and find out that I, I'm, like, friends with a baby killer? Right. But because it's Facebook, I don't give a shit. I no. don't need to know who they are. I frankly don't care if they know who I am. I just think you're not posting all that much on there. Those are those are 200 people are going to miss your insightful, searing political commentary, well, that's, JP. That's why I have Twitter. Twitter, it, <laughs> in my for me, Twitter feels more comfortable being you know trying to be funny and facebook maybe for me is more of i mean i thought about just quitting facebook entirely because it it i don't know kind of bores me I'm like well maybe if i drill it down and kind of distill it to to its to i think it's true intended form which is to communicate with friends and family then i might get a little more use out of it and then i might start using it a little more i don't know about all that and what I, about all the people who who heard about your award uh, during the BNAs, the, uh, the people I used to like before I knew them on Facebook, yeah. you won that award, and now they can't friend you. Well, just go on uh, Twitter, because uh, that's where I'm really doing a lot of activity. All right, what is your Twitter account? Major Jip with two Ps. Okay. And um, Jip, did you get new glasses? Thank you for noticing. You're the second person in the past two weeks since I've had them. <laughs> You've had them for a knows. year. <laughs> the, other, the other one being Bevo. I because see. Because she works in an optometrist. I like your new glasses. Yeah, thank I you. think you look very uh, handsome in them. <laughs> Is this a compliment sandwich? No, no. However, I... your balls really smell. <laughs> right. But you have a good heart. Right. Yeah. No, I just like your new glasses. Thank you for, 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 for noticing me. Would you please post a picture of them on your Facebook account for your friends that are, <laughs> that are left? Friends. I don't know. Your I, remaining friends. I, I, I honestly genuinely felt bad, like in my heart, like no joke, in my soul, like going through and seeing this really nice looking dude with his nice looking kid and they're like I'm really happy family as if he an army sweatshirt on and I felt bad about hovering over friends and dropping down to unfriend going sorry you look like a really nice guy but I don't know who you are and it bugs me. I don't will, know. will that guy get notified that you dropped him? <laughs> no. no, no, no. You just but he, but he'll JP will disappear from his feed, so he'll eventually nice. figure it out. Yeah. I have to admit that part of me honestly hoped that I was on the drop list because I, I haven't drop you right because now because I want. haven't blocked you yet, and I I feel guilt about blocking you. Do you want but, me to drop you? Uh, I'll eh, totally do it if you want. Part of me does, part of me doesn't. So I haven't decided yet. Well, let me know because I can find you right now, and it can happen. And you can drop. Me. Look, it's right here. Part of me thinks that it would be good for our relationship if I didn't read what was going on in your brain on a day-to-day basis. Do you want me to? I, I'm, I'm hovering over unfriend. I could do it right now. I'll, uh, but the other part of me will miss finding out how fucked up you are. Ah. So. Well, let, just let me know. Okay. I'll, let me know. I'll, I'll take that burden upon myself. Okay. All right. It's All right. this type of talk that leads me to believe that Facebook is indeed worth the $600 billion that investors seem to <laughs> Really? It is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's more valuable than Alcoa, the world's aluminum supplier. Right. Wow. Okay. Um, well, speaking of valuable things, uh, if you're looking at a, at a new way to uh, manage your brew day and your beer recipes, you can go to beersmith.com right now and get a free 21-day trial of the Beersmith uh, software. And I'm a big fan of this stuff. Uh, if you've been listening to the show over the last couple of years, you know that because it's a uh, it's an actually updated, new, usable uh, software that has just tons of options. Um, scale recipes by batch size. Um, you can track inventory if you're real geeky about what you have. Schedule your brewing ap- activities. Mash profiles for advanced brewers. 
Uh, convert recipes automatically from all grain to extract or back, which is good. You know, if you listen to Can You Brew It, for example, you need to do some conversions. Uh, there's over 300 recipes available on Beersmith.com uh, website, the recipe site. So, uh, and more coming all the time. Uh, there's also a blog. You know, it's blog.beersmith.com if you want to read about uh, what Brad's up to. And, and Brad's pretty into this brewing thing, uh, not just his software, but he does a lot of experiments with the beer and, and really keeps his software up to date. So, uh, I don't know. The point is you don't have to take my, my word for it because you get a free 21-day trial. So go to beersmith.com, check it out. If you don't like it, you didn't lose anything. But um, I'm pretty sure you'll never go back once you once you try it. All right. Uh, what else do we have to do today? 888-401-BEER if you want to call in for Drunk of the Week. Saw a couple people trying to Skype me also. I'm, uh, I'm editing the um, the Twitter responses now for the game. Okay. In the meantime, we got this beer to try. A brewery who came down to our Winterfest last weekend uh, from, where are they from, Moscow? Corvallis. Corvallis, Yeah, Oregon. Flat Tail Brewing. Yep. Oregon, huh? Mm-hmm. All Good right. Dudes. So uh, they came down and they brought us a bunch of beer. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. the owner, Dave, couldn't make it due to a uh, last-minute emergency, but he sent down his head brewer and his cellarman, and uh, they brought us all, all kinds of awesome beer. So thanks for that, guys. What's this one? That is in this my is glass. the rye red ale we're drinking. And they actually gave us a bunch of shirts to give away for the Twitter game and stuff. So oh. um, I'll, I'll probably, those will probably be in, in whoever wins this, um, the thing. I kind of love this beer. Yeah. This might be the best red ale I've had in a long, long time. Yeah, it's really good. It's, it's got, it's got uh, some chocolatey qualities, but it's not overly roasty. It's got an aggressive bitterness, but it's not harsh. Yep. It's nice. The t-shirt for this, uh, I don't know if you saw it. It, it, it's a red shirt, has a mustache on it. It says, want a ride, nah. R-Y-E-D. Like a mustache yes. ride? Nah. It's really good. I like. I actually really think it's funny. That is pretty cool. I'm, I'm, I'm real serious about this beer. It's damn good. It's tasty. Yeah. What did you say? Did it have rye in it, too? Yeah. 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 What, uh, what percentage is it? And then I'll really like it or not. What's it? It's, well, it's pretty not, big. It's, it's not going to say anything. It's think. pretty big. I think it does. I think it's at least mm-hmm. seven. No, then I hate it. <laughs> Attenuation is nice. Can you if you can make yeah, this five percent? I would drink. It's eight percent by volume. Yeah, it's that. eight, huh? If you can make this five percent, I would drink it all day, every day. I like it at eight. Mm. Yeah, it's on my empty stomach. It's yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm like eating <laughs> crackers like they're going out of style. You'd be drunk in eight minutes. Uh, it's it's a good it's a good beer. That rye comes through really really nicely. It's showcased very well. Yeah, oh, he's Galaxy in the beer, an Australian hop. Hmm. Big tropical and citrus quality. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That does kind of go well with that spiciness of the ride. Too. Yeah. It does have a firm bitterness. It's right there. A little more bitterness, and I'd go the other way on this beer and say, nah, it's a little too much, but it's it's just at the cusp. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering if it's English ale yeast, too. There's an interesting ester quality that's in the background, but it's not up front and center too too much, but it's definitely got a little more than a Cal ale yeast beer. Yeah. What's the brewery called again? Flat Tail Brewing. All right. Well, check them out. Corvallis, Oregon. Go like Beavers. It. Yeah, they brought us a bunch of beer. They were, they were real nice to us. Uh, Thor is on the line. Looks like uh, he's calling in for uh, Drunk of the Week. Hey, Thor, what's happening? Hey, oh, how are you doing? Uh, we're doing good. How are you, man? I'm uh, uh, not doing too bad. Sitting in my bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> drinking some Shiva's Regal. Shiva's yeah. Regal. Keeping it Regal. Oh, yeah. oh that's a good yep. campaign for Shiva's Regal. Noah was a little, little, little wino. I'm yeah. just keeping it regal. That'd be good. Oh, keeping it regal. Yeah. Oh. regal. <laughs> they should buy that one from you, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Twitter them now. So uh, what time is it there, Thor? It's pretty late, huh? Uh, well, it's close to midnight. Oh, it's not too bad. No, this is really great with these early shows, so. Yeah. How come you, what, have you been practicing your English or something? Where's your accent gone? I am American. Um, it's funny. 
when he drinks, he's, he turns into an American. His accent goes away. Well, actually, I've been hanging out with uh, with a guy, uh, Brian Davis, an American from uh, Chicago. You would. Who is now brewing for Goose Island. And, oh. And um, kind of rubbed off me there. Goose, I got a Goose, Goose Island. I got a Goose Island beer right here. They sent me yeah. a... Uh, oh, wow. They've got a new thing out called Bourbon County. And it's like three different beers. I thought you guys might want to try some. This one is their Bourbon County brand stout. And then there's a Bourbon County coffee stout. And then there's something else in there, too. That looks awesome. Want to crack that open? There's a little uh, spec sheet on it here if you want to. If anybody cares. Let me see. Bourbon County. That one's uh, brand stout facts. That one's a 14.5% beer. This says stout aged in rye whiskey barrels with raspberries and blackberries added. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fourteen and a half ABV, hot bitterness, sixty IBUs in that bad boy. They have the color listed as midnight. <laughs> no SRM needed. Yeah, I kind of like. Is that, that a moonlit midnight? <laughs> yeah. yeah, which exactly. Uh, Thirty Play-Doh OG. The malt bill on that is two row Munich chocolate caramel sixty roasted barley debittered black. 12.7% alcohol. Terrence is a debittered black, isn't he? Yeah, he is. <laughs> he kind of accepts pretty everything. unbitter. He's not angry about anything anymore. No, no, well, I just, I just feel that whatever Jesus tells you to do. <laughs> you got to sound like Terrence. Uh, only hop in that is Willamette. Just one hop. Got so much malt character and everything else, I guess. Don't need a big hop, complex hop thing. They say that this beer will develop in the bottle for up to five years from the bottling date. Cap it up again. Close it back up, Moscow. I want to see if it ages. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead and pour it. Oh, uh, wow. Is it good? It's good. Yeah? It's I got can... a lot of fruit character, but it doesn't it doesn't come across as I got to chug this sweet. red ale to oh, get to that. really interesting. All right, Tor. You been drinking all day or what? Uh, Well, no. I started around uh, 7 with some Shiva's Regal, and then I've been drinking a few pints of my double. Yeah. I got a Scotty to kill. For um, for tomorrow, so, so drink that. So the only way I can tell that you're drunk is that you're speaking English really well. Yeah, actually, yeah. It's about right. Yep. How's the brewery going out there? Uh, really good, actually. I'm starting to brew up um, something. Uh, uh, fuck, I forgot. <laughs> Anyways, all I'm right, good. you're in the running for drunk of the week, my friend. Okay, thank you very much, sir. Cheers, brother. Cheers. There you go. Thor from Denmark. Drunk. Pretty good. All right, I tweeted, Shiva the Regal, with my with our new ad campaign. Keep it regal. Chicken Shit. vagina in the chat room thinks that midnight is a racist description. <laughs> I would, um, is it is it racist or is it just accurate? <laughs> Anything that remotely insinuates a dark color is racist. Yeah. Yes. You're not al- we're not allowed to even say the word black anymore. Yeah. Well, I have my sunglasses on. Racist. Wow, this smells super fruity, yeah. like a like an old barley wine kind Very of fruity. Gay guy. Mm. A lot of berry it, in it. Yeah, yeah like blackberry. Was there blackberry? Very berry in the nose. Yeah. Berry in the flavor. Yeah. Scott, would you hand me that bottle, please? Thanks, buddy. Mm. You're my friend. Mm. Wow. Dual, dual berries. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not quite like it's I would expect it. Yeah, jammy is a good good That's descriptor a great for it. Descriptor. It's it's even uh, syrupy, like blueberry syrup, like yeah. IHOP. That doesn't come across as yeah. overly sweet though. I get a little right. IHOP right. pancake IHOP. in there, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, man. The blueberry shit. Yes. 
It's a sipper. I do like it. They yeah. sent it in this 22-ounce bottle, and I think all of us would barely Ooh. get through it. It's yeah, we, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, we, we need like eight people to share this. Thing. Yeah, there's no way I could drink uh, even 10 ounces of this. For, for their standard Bourbon County Two ounces stout, would be the standard pour in that thing. Jim, comes I out it. in 12 ounces for that reason, I think, almost. I got to say, we need to add IHOP to the BJCP descriptor because, oh. for one, I really like the IHOP pancakes <laughs> with the blueberry syrup, so yeah. it's a it's a good thing, yeah. and it's exactly what it tastes like. It, yep. it really is. But we need to be we need to get real specific. So, wh- what state is the IHOP located in? What's uh, their clientele look like? What's this the exit some, off the interstate? Right. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's Where's right off Highway like? Four in Martinez. This is the IHOP right here. Um, Give me some bacon with this and mm, cut that bacon. sweetness. Yeah. yeah. I'm good. all about it. I like the bacon. Thing. Yeah, woodwork good. Well, there's this is just one version of it. They sent us three versions, so that's uh, good. It's after, really good. After we get out of here, we can try some of the other ones. Eight 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 four zero one beer. If you want to compete for drunk of the week, do it now. Right now, we just got tour, and we're getting out of here pretty quick. Next week, uh, we're looking at Sun King Brewing on the show. Where's Sun King from? Oh, I know man. those guys. Uh, oh, Alaska, oh, I would guess. Spot. Right? Isn't that Alaska? That's Midnight Sun. No. Um, Racist. Colorado? Wow. Hmm. Nope. Look it up, will you? Yes, they are in Indianapolis, Indiana. That's Indiana. what I said. I love India. It's a great country. Uh, yeah, we're trying to do a Monday show. Right now we're scheduled for a Sunday show next week. But you know, Tasty, Sour uh, Beer Festival oh. at Triple Rock is on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I'm already sold. Monday show, for sure. Yeah, you know I'm yeah. all about that festival. Sour Sunday is one of the best Sundays in the world. I love it. In fact, um, I don't even dig most of SF Beer Week. But I always dig the uh, that sour beer event at Triple Rock. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to get Moscow to push the guests over uh, to to Monday. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. We'll update you via... Uh, of it. Yeah. Assuming JP stays on Facebook long enough to do a couple more updates, uh, we'll let you know. Well, uh, you know, I, I took the liberty of kind of calling uh, everyone from our Facebook page, too. Oh, you did? Yeah. So we're well, down to five. We're I, now five fans. I can track that. It was kind so of much thing. fun. You could like, stop. Yeah. Like, if you don't like it after six months, if you don't like anything, well, then you're not even the They never real commented fan. or gave a thumbs up on anything you posted. So. How am I supposed to know, right? I'm not talking to an empty room. I mean, just throw them in the can, right? <laughs> right. I'm getting that. Right. You gave them an opportunity and they didn't take it. So. Hey, you know what else is happening later this month? Return of the Beef. What? No yeah, way. She's wow. back. Back. She's back in the rotation. We're going to rotate our bitches. I'm sorry. I meant our girls, Susie. No. Our ladies. Our ladies. Of I meant our ladies. Of the night. Our women. Yes. going to rotate my hoes. <laughs> Got to keep it fresh, <laughs> baby. Yeah, yeah. Let's make Susie and Beef become Master Cicerone. Oh, all of our... I'm you should for BJCP right now. Are you studying for it? Yeah. Is Hell that yeah. right? Oh, right yeah. When are you going to take the test? I don't know. Class starts next week. Okay. So. What ch- what class are you taking? Um, I'm taking a BJCP prep class um, brought down by, um, what's his name, Roger St. Denny and Dennis, uh, Dave Messick from Words of Wisdom. and um, That's your club, right? That's my club, yeah. We're, pu- we're putting together a prep class, and then we're going to take the test in about 18 weeks. You know, someday I may ask you to choose between clubs, you know, the Brewing Network Club and the Words of Wisdom. You know and, what? Uh, I used to, you like... be prepared for that. <laughs> I've actually won my biggest award being a Brewing Network Club member. See? There you go. Yeah, coincidence? Because, no, not at all. It, that's because we're the best club on earth. That's we're why. hella sick. 
I actually like a whole bunch of the people. There were a lot of BN, BN winners at the mashout last week, I noticed. Of oh, the, yeah? Of various categories. I'm forgetting right now exactly who, but it was cool to see that at least four or five. Yeah, I haven't even asked people to start into making sure they're going to enter and stuff so that we can repeat. I've just left it out there, assuming that the Army was going to do it on their own. They will, I'm sure. You know, this is a, an official club meeting, as yeah. if we haven't called it to order already. Right. Our gavel is no the, way. the wiener bottle opener. <laughs> I love our gavel. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's uh, true. You hit the ball side or the head side? Oh, always the head side. You think so? But the ball is more of like the gavel part. Yeah, but the ball hurts. Is it like a call to order <laughs> side or yeah. decision making side? You gotta mix it up. Yeah, you can do either one. Whatever Susie wants is what happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so we're gonna start rotating the beef back in. I like the idea cool. that all of our call screeners should be master cicerones, <laughs> completely overqualified. You know. Yeah, that'd be good. They have a year to pass the test or they're out. <laughs> yeah, so it's better better study for more than that BJCP, Susie. Uh, yeah, Susie. Not yeah, much time. Yeah. February 2013. Want to see Master Cicerone on that resume. <laughs> <laughs> you did fill out an application, right? The rest of us don't do anything. <laughs> Nothing. We don't even judge. JP won't even judge in a, a, no. a, a single competition. The only thing I judge is online. <laughs> So are you going to ask uh, Tasty and I to choose between Doe's and the BN, too? Uh, I'm just saying. You that ultimatum? Be, I'm no, just got to be prepared. You better be prepared that the question may come one down day. one day. Got it, but yeah. We're actually, Someday I'm going to ask you for yeah. a favor. When, <laughs> and when that day comes. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. You, you know, we're not so much as, 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 as mad that you haven't done it yet. We're just disappointed in both of you. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, see, I told you you'd make a great dad, right? JP. Uh, uh, I licked the mic cover. Don't do that. Uh, Jamil's been sick. That mother. You just got pneumonia. <laughs> pneumonia just jumped in your mouth. I'm going to start wearing sweatpants now. <laughs> uh, fire Tires? Is that the name? Yeah. Fire Tires is on the phone. Hey, man, what's happening? Farid Tari. How's it going? It's going pretty well. You drinking? Can't be given, you can't be giving DOTW to some foreigner. <laughs> <laughs> this is America. American Mer- Mer- holiday. This is America. America. That's true. I will tell you that if uh, if a foreign country takes DOTW on Super Bowl Sunday, you all should be ashamed of yourselves. On American. Exactly. That's that's some junk right there. That is some junk. Can I put that you in the trunk? Have it. Uh, are you, you ha- have it. are you hanging out by yourself today? I am. <laughs> My family's around, but you know I'm trying to hide from them. Now, when you say family, like you live with your mother, or that's your wife? You mean? <laughs> yeah. No, my wife. Kids, yeah, you know, same thing. <laughs> All right. How long I'm you been? Not, I'm not quite in the basement. She does kick me there, but you know. How long you been married? Uh, almost sixteen years. Wow. When did you stop liking her? A couple minutes ago, really. <laughs> <laughs> when she sent me down to the basement. <laughs> no, actually, I said, "Who the hell are you talking to?" I said, "The BN." She goes, yeah. I said, "That's it." That's enough. <laughs> That's enough out of you. Don't make exactly. Me. So you've been drinking homebrew or what? Yeah. What have you been drinking? Almost strictly homebrew. What do you, What kind? Schwartz beer. Mm-hmm. I like Schwartz beer. Lots, Pretty good. Lots of Schwartz beer. Uh, are you, you know, a lager? Counterpre- do you, do no, you... I hate lager. Oh. I hate lager. I hate lager brewing. But I started counterpressure bottling it, and it was a mess, and it ruined my kitchen, but I kept drinking it, and... Here I am. <laughs> and here I am. Uh, who are you rooting for today? The Celtics or uh, the Padres? Padres? 
I am completely behind the Red Sox. Yeah, that's good. They're a good team. Good choice. Hey, you guys see, on a serious note, you seen that movie uh, Moneyball? No. No. Yeah. I just, JP, yeah. you won't like it. No. But uh, baseball. I love baseball movies. Mm-hmm. Like a good, there's nothing like a good baseball movie. Like Field of Dreams. If you, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with they you. will come. Moneyball is a great baseball I'll, movie. I'll check it out. I love it this really movie. Is. I just saw it the yeah. other day, and uh, I don't do this whole movie endorsement thing no. very often. But I'm telling you, I loved this movie. That's good. all. There well, it's go. important to love things in the world. Right, it keeps you going. So, on a scale of, if you unfriend me, then it's all over. What's your name? <clears throat> I'm not telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm At least not a chance that way. telling <laughs> you. Russian roulette, dude. Shit. All right. On a scale of uh, 1 to 10, 10 being the drunkest you've ever been, uh, what are you right now? Uh, I'm probably only 07. Pussy. Seven. All right. That's okay. A, I got you in the running for Drunk of the Week, man. All right, bro. Cheers, brother. Hey, keep it real. Oh. And JP? Yeah. <laughs> Keep it real and don't take an arrow to the knee. Right. I don't play Skyrim. I'm sorry. All right. What? That's Does a, that mean something? That's a WoW joke? No, it's an, uh, stu- a video game meme joke. I see. It's real funny, as you can tell. 70% drunk. <coughs> but he, at least he plays video games. He's a gamer, so that means that he's a, a nice man anyways. I'm getting an update from uh, Minnesota Hazmat that there were seven BN medals from Mashout. Five nice. golds Thank you, Hazmat. and two silvers. That's a good showing. Great oh. competition. Shit, yeah. Love it. Uh, oh, I got Nikolai Bach on Skype. What's happening, man? Oh, yeah. Nikolai. How are you doing? I'm from Denmark, too. Like, tall. Another Dane, yeah. huh? Oh, well, you're disqualified. Oh, yeah, you're broadcasting quite early, so we're here. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so you've been drinking all day. Oh yeah. Yeah. What do you had? I had a couple of home brews, and I had a commercial home brew. We were ten uh, home brews uh, that uh, brewed that earlier. Sorry for my English. It's hard being drunk and talking English as well. <laughs> right. You don't speak better English uh, the drunker you get. No, not at all. It goes the other way. I think. Yeah. That, uh, people, you should. You know. We get that a lot where people from other countries will apologize for their English. And yeah. all I can think is, I'm the idiot yeah. in the room. Yeah. I, can, I Nobody in America knows another language. Yeah. You don't need to apologize for your English. And, and their apology is so uh, eloquent. They're like, listen, yeah. my, my sincerest apologies for not speaking <laughs> completely yeah, perfect English. And I'm like, I'm the moron. You're fine. I couldn't ask right. for the ba- where the bathroom is in your language. <laughs> right. Susie speaks yeah. another language. What do you speak, Susie? I speak Vietnamese. I understand Spanish. I speak... And I can read and write in French, but I can't speak it. Really? Because that's where my family is from. Could you call, uh, you said Vietnamese? Mm-hmm. Could you call Nikolai a, a stupid, drunken asshole in Vietnamese? Yeah, I can. Let me see, let me, let me hear that. Nikolai Maya, hold on. See, we're never going to know if she's really doing it or not. <laughs> I know. You can make gr- it up right call now. Call him a green cat. I don't, wouldn't know. <laughs> right. Well, she wrote, uh, she wrote me tits earlier, so that's okay for me. She, she wrote you tits. Uh, yeah, yeah, accidentally. Sure. Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> I tits? was writing tits that's, to somebody else. She oh. was she was she was sexting him. That's what it was. You got you got, sec- you got inadvertently sexted. She's running Nikolai. another operation yeah. over there. That's a good day, is what uh, that is. That made my day. Yeah. It's a good day too. If you know what I mean? I was like, sorry, that wasn't for you. Really? What about the other comment about anal? Was that for me? Uh, no, no, that wasn't for you either. <laughs> Tour uh, wants wants us to get this guy to say refrigerator or yeah. squirrel. All right, Nikolai, can you say refrigerator? 
Refrigerator. How Perfect. About, how about Squirrel? Squirrel. Yeah, fuck you, What Tor. is he talking about? Yeah, he's fine. I'm going to kick Tor. How about Rumpelstiltskin? <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah! <laughs> what a loser! <laughs> you can't even say Rumpelstiltskin, <laughs> bro. You speak English? Yeah. You can't even say Skikilskin, man. On a scale of one to ten, Nikolai, how drunk are you? Blue. Well, an eight. <laughs> You're an eight. Wow. Eight. Oh, uh, I've been to the toilet twice. Uh, oh, you oh, have? Geez. You've, you've thrown up twice? Well, once and peed twice. I see. <laughs> I see. I'm good, I'm good. Sorry for letting you know. I uh, call peeing puking because I puke out of my penis. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, well, you probably do, JP. I do. <laughs> yeah, Trust you me. probably do. Comes That's a good clumpy. t-shirt. Yeah, you probably do, JP. Is that everybody can wear that. <laughs> Susie, did you figure it out how to call him a drunken, stupid asshole? Oh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> She can't speak another no, language. No, I can't speak another language. No, I can speak ten, but I'm not going to do it. Nikolai Saikwa, my Nguqua. What a bitch. Why you got to be so mean to him? <laughs> yeah, right. All right, Nikolai, you're in the running, brother. Oh, thanks. Cheers, man. Yeah. Uh, okay, and um, who's on to uh, Fat Tail? No, oh. Dave oh. Flat Tail. Flat Tail. Dave. Oh, oh. Yeah. that's probably not a drunk of the week. Hey, Dave, what's happening, man? <laughs> Whatever it was. Not a whole lot. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Good. Enjoying your beer, man. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you much for the good words. We're enjoying uh, tailgating the Sunday session here in Corvallis. Love it. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. Uh, yeah, the beer you sent is pretty, uh, pretty impressive, dude. Yeah. Well, well, thank you much. Yeah, glad you guys are enjoying it. Uh, I was listening to the little uh, review there you were talking about and figured I'd shoot your recipe if any of the homebrewers out there would like it, that kind of thing. Oh, let's do yeah. it, because uh, I would want to brew that beer, too. Give me the recipe. Well, there we go. So, uh, off the top of my head, I'm, I'm going to put it out there that this may not be 100% correct, considering <laughs> we were on the tailgate of an F-250, not the brewery. But uh, it actually has 10% rye, and it's all Weirman rye malt. The remainder of the base malt is uh, Simpson's Golden Promise. 100% Galaxy Hops, and then it's got uh, Kara Munich, Munich Type 2, and Simpson C-150 making up the specialty malt. So it's about 95% base malt, and then that remaining 5% is the uh, Kara Munich Type 3, uh, Vireman Munich Type 2, and uh, Simpson C-150. And it's actually, it actually is 10, uh, 1056, so oh. no English ale yeast there. Ah, okay. I'll tell you... That 5% specialty, in my uh, uneducated opinion, is the secret to this beer. Because it does have, like we were talking about the malt flavor and the character, but none of it was overwhelming or too sweet or anything else, because you really kept it to a minimum, like just 5%. Yeah, absolutely. We we very rarely use more than 4 or 5% caramel. Uh, Anything unfermentable, we try to keep under 5%. I'm a big fan of dry beers. I think it, it lends to the drinkability of the finished product, particularly yeah. in, you know, something that's 8% ABV and hopped out the ass. You know, it helps to have it be dry enough to be drinkable. Right. Yeah, and then as far as the hops go, we use a 15.50. There's no bittering addition. It's all Australian Galaxy, and we use uh, three and a half pounds per barrel of the Galaxy at fifteen five zero. And then there's a tiny dry hop, but it's it's fairly insignificant. It's about a point uh, two pounds per barrel in a dry hop. Okay, uh, it's a great beer. Really nice. Thanks beer. for sharing the recipe, man. Wow. I love it. Yeah. Thanks again. Yeah, of course. 
And your dudes were cool. Uh, they came down to the Winterfest. They came up t- for a minute there. I thought they were just crashing the party. They came in and they're like, "Hey, we we've been emailing with you, and we're here with our beer." And I'm just th- at first, I'm thinking, "Who the fuck are you? You weren't, you weren't emailing me anything." Yeah, right. Uh, Bunch of dicks. Uh, but then, uh, for one, they were super nice, and I said, "Well, there's probably a table here somewhere." But then I found out they were actually emailing with Moscow, so they weren't really crashing the party at all. Yeah, there you go. Well, you know, two guys with mustaches walk up, and God only knows what they're trying. <laughs> well, what I honestly thought, like at the end, I was like, "That's a pretty clever way to get into a beer fest that you weren't invited to." That's yeah. something I would have done. Just I'm go, here. go up when it's super busy and just tell the guy, "Hey, guy, I'm I'm here. I, I was emailing you. You're expecting me. I got a bunch of beer." Right. Uh, uh, I told them to drive up in the company van and offer you candy, but uh, apparently they <laughs> took a different route. Right. They pushed out, man. Well, uh, we did walk away with a bunch of good beer from you guys. I got two growlers. One was a sour beer. Oh, what the fuck? I didn't yeah, get any yeah. sour beer. It was real good, too. The African rooibos wit. Yeah, it was tasty. Racist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Black, it's African. Oh, you're right. Sorry. My fault. I'm the racist. Countryist. (laughs) Continentist. It's our Detroit style imperial wit, actually. Okay. That's the official name. Uh, Well, apparently it was good. (laughs) JP the asshole. Thank you much. Yeah, Yeah, it was tasty. There you go. I know. All right, Dave. We got to get out of here, but thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you, guys. All right. And we're going to give away your t shirts for today's Twitter game. So uh, good job, brother. Thanks. Fantastic. All right. All right. Have a good one. Cheers. Uh, okay. There you go. Flat tail. Flat tail. What time does the game start right now? Yeah, I think kickoff's like 10 minutes, right? Okay. So your drunk of the week uh, people for this week are Thor, two people from Denmark against only one American Mer- on this Super Bowl Sunday. You had Tour, you had Fire Tires, and you had uh, Nikolai. Uh, I'm voting Nikolai. Anybody else want to throw in a vote here? Yeah, I could go for Nikolai. For Nikolai sure. seemed the most drunk to me. Yeah, he seemed to be the yeah, definitely. I drunk. just can't bring Imagine. myself to vote for a Dane on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm sorry, I got to go with Fire Tires. Okay, you're going to do the biased American vote. Gotcha. He went to the bathroom twice and threw up once, once. and peed twice. Well, he technically, as JP pointed out, he did. He threw up all three times. It's yeah. just that two of them were out of his penis. Right. Oh, okay, but did he pee and throw up at the same time? Good question. Because if that- if he did, I bet even Moscow would change his vote. I would. I vote for Nikolai. <laughs> How can he's you not? Eight. Uh, plus, he did call himself an eight. Yeah, let's just do it. Let's just go, Nikolai. Uh, Nate, any objections? It'll nope. cost us like twenty five no bucks to ship his money. I wonder if we should change the rules of uh, not this week, but it, going forward, that the the vote has to be unanimous. So we have to convince each other of who the drunk of the week that's is. That's going to go real hard when it's like a five hour show, and we're like, let's just get the fuck out of here. But then, but then you guys will just you'll just lie. One of us might go the angry juror, the twelfth juror, and just refuse to give in. And then it's a mistrial. It's a misdrunk. Right. Then nobody wins, and nobody wins on a misdrunk. You know? It's our show. And and if you think about it, it would go a long way for the listener to really take it seriously and, yeah. and want the drunk to be truly drunk. That we don't give away drunk of the week if it's a misdrunk. If no one's right. convinced the whole crew that they're you know really drunk, let's do it. It's a mis- nothing. All right. Well, this week it sounds unanimous anyway. Nikolai, you're our drunk of the week. You guys are all traitors. Oh, it's not unanimous. Actually, Moscow didn't get in. You're lucky that that the rule doesn't start till next week. Uh, all right. How long will it take you to do your plugs, JP? Because the song is one minute and eight seconds long. Well, we have a, a Twitter game also. Oh, let's do that first. Okay. What are our, uh, uh, what we, was the game? Uh, the game was, uh, I want you to name three positive things about Bud Miller and Coors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
Saints Gambit wrote, uh, they make a consistent product, provide jobs with Americans. Oh, I like that. And make beers that 90% of the public enjoys. Americans. It's true. K. Xubru uh, says, people that drink Bud don't drink my beer. People that drink Miller don't drink my beer. My beer is safe. Okay. Pretty good one. <laughs> uh, Reed715 writes, funny commercials. They employ a lot of people. And shit, I can't do it. <laughs> funny commercials good. is a good one. Yep. Yep. Uh, Misdemeanor Brew says, cheap, consistent, and doesn't make me sad when it's spilled. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, dig that. Uh, Tudor Brew. I just got a really good look at Susie's boobs when she was putting her uh, her jacket on. No. She kind of did like the arms back thing. Oh, yeah. How do you rate them on a scale of uh, one to ten? Well, they're great boobs. Yeah. Uh, what? Whose? What? Whose boobs would be tens? I mean, because you need this yeah, circa three months ago. Well, Marcel's wife. Bevo's circa three months ago. That's a good call. Brittany, Marcel's Brittany Marcel's has some pretty has good a boobs. Great rack. Oh, that's the broad whose rack I really liked. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that she is a ten, Susie. You are a seven and a half. Wow. Yes. Yeah. High praise. Average. Yeah. No, five would be <laughs> yeah. out of ten. Yeah. Five, that's true. I'm not good with math, dude. Could we could we get back to, oh. can we stop, def, de, you know, defying thing, whatever. Uh, Tudor Bruce says, uh, Bud reinvented the refrigerator railroad. Two, Coors set aside half of their production for World War II soldiers. And three, it's a gateway beer to craft beer. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was all from one person? Yep. Jesus. And uh, Village Brew says, my girlfriend just got a job with Anheuser-Busch. My girlfriend gets paid by Anheuser-Busch. I use Anheuser-Busch money to make home brew. Oh. His girlfriend has a bush. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> that would be four. Just finishing the word salad. Yes. Go on. That's it. Huh. Tough one. like? I like the jobs one. For some reason, I'm yeah. very sensitive to that lately, and I'm feeling... Uh, Sad for the American public who's jobless. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I like that one. And yeah. I, you know, the other one I like is the railroad one. Oh, but the invention. It's true. The, uh, Anheuser-Busch invented the railroad car. The, the, well, they invented the refrigerated <laughs> the railroad, uh, railroad, railroad car. Yeah. And that really did allow for beer to be distributed. Because right. before that time, it was... Oh, actually, maybe that's a bad thing. Before that time, you had to have a local brewery. Ah. So maybe it's a negative. But now it's a positive because Correct. now places like Sierra Nevada can distribute far away while uh, keeping their product safe. Right. By the way, they decided on their new brewery. Did you hear that? Yeah, North, I did hear that. North, North Carolina. 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 Near Asheville, yeah. Yep, um, right near Asheville. Those are my two votes. Anybody else have a vote for... I did like the uh, My Beer is Safe guy. Uh, okay. Yep. Yeah, I like that. That was good. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else? So those are those are our three people. I like Village Brew, where his girlfriend got a job with AB, and he gets pay- she gets paid by AB, and he uses AB money to homebrew. Because number one, he's sponging off his wife. Which that, is exactly, rad you'd fuck, love right? that. Yeah, and then second, <laughs> yeah. he's using big corporate money to homebrew, which is kind of I don't know. I think it's pretty good. I'm sold. I switch my vote to that one as well. Agreed. All right. I go with that. All right, Village Brew. Well done. Oh wait, sorry, Susie, did you have a vote? I voted for the same one. Okay. Hey! All right. All right. Um, I can do plugs in a minute. In one minute and eight seconds? Yep. All right. Pay attention Give to our Twitter ten... feed and stuff yep. this week uh, because uh, we might switch our Sunday show to Monday, which means okay. Moscow, make that happen. Please. Here, here's the other thing. Moscow's going to brew a homebrew with Doc that yeah. day. Moscow thinks he wants to come do a show after homebrewing with Doc all day. Oh. And I'm, t- I'm like, you think that's what you want to do? Well, it is not what you want to do. It's what he do. wants to do, maybe, but it won't happen. He thinks it's going to be, like, uh, actually be able to happen. And it, it, he's not, you're right, he's not going to be able to come down off the hill. First of all, don't, one of you needs to, I know you're going with a buddy, right? Yeah. All right. Make sure that you plan for Alexa to arrive separately and pick you up. I'm just yes. going to tell you that right yeah. now. Yes. And you don't want to do a show that day. So make this happen. I want a Monday show next week. 
All right. Well, you can do it. Sun King Brewery, listen to me right now. Yeah. You got to move to Monday. And it's not your fault. Fo- it's not you. It's me. Right. What, what am I going to do? My, my buddy Phil, he's got a real job. Uh, he's unlike the American public you feel so bad for. He works. We don't need Phil here. We do. Right. Phil can phone in. He can phone it in. Yeah. We don't need him here. For... I'm sure Phil is really interesting and a nice guy and great he on is. the air. I, I need Phil here. <laughs> we don't need Phil. Yeah. We don't even need you here, to be honest. The segment isn't going to happen until later on Monday anyway. So he needs to get here by what? 7 o'clock? 8 o'clock? It'll be fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. Phil will be fine. Yeah, Move that shit great. to Monday. Yeah. Uh, You're worried about one guy, and we're worried about our whole show. Great, Scott. I'm just worried about my sour. I, I beer have my allegiances. Well, yeah, I know, but he doesn't need to know that. All right. And that's, and that's that. Uh, I know that JP's going to do this plug, but I just want to give an extra special part of it. Please go check out the uh, the Biscuit Files um, dot Tumblr. That's the adoption blog. I need to get this dog adopted. I got this yes. pit bull here who's amazing. She's fantastic, uh, but she doesn't get along with my dog. And Walker is having to like hide in the bedroom because she wants to fuck him up. But she's a fantastic dog. She's very people friendly. She seems to be other dog friendly, but she doesn't like Walker. She doesn't like black dogs. Racist. I think. She's a racist. Yeah. Uh, anyway, if you know anybody who's looking for an amazing dog, this dog's incredible. She's really cool. I'm, I'm pretty sure he won't admit it. But even JP likes this dog. She's a cool dog. If the dog was a cat, I would like it a lot. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, JP's going to plug it as well. But I just yeah. want to put an extra special thing out there. I got to get this dog adopted. So uh, tell your friends. Uh, okay. Uh, is that it, everybody? Yeah. That's it. yeah. Have a good yeah. Super Bowl day, yeah. kids. Kill it. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. The Trophy Fire's new album, entitled Modern Hearts, is available now at graydayrecords.com. Pick that up and support our friend and yours, uh, Mrs. Adam Schumann. Get all the latest info on Nate's band, Brain Oil, by going to brainoil.com and check out Nate on Twitter at Nathan Homebrew. Nicole is also on Twitter. Follow her at beer underscore muse. Need a dog? Rescue a pit named Prada from Justin's house and JP's life. View Jay's rescue project at thebiscuit.tumblr, T-U-M-B-L-R.com. Tasty says the entry window for the 2012 AHA National Homebrew Comp is March 19th through the 28th. Many of the regions are maxed out, so register early. For uh, Follow JP on Twitter at Major Jip for all things insane and low value to your life. And be sure to find the Brewing Network on Facebook and Twitter. 